This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's going on, WSTers? Welcome to another edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Big game day edition as the Jets begin this West Coast road trip tonight with 10 games remaining. Looking to lock down a playoff spot in the Western Conference. Uh, we've got a big one today. Uh, we will head down to Southern California on a couple of occasions. We'll start it off with Dennis Bernstein for the fourth period. Get a little bit more on the Ducks and Kings, who the Jets are going to see today and Saturday afternoon. As well as some of Dennis's thoughts on everything else going on around the National Hockey League. And Murata Tesh is also in Los Angeles. Well, we'll be on his way to Anaheim. I guess uh, just a... 30 minutes down the road or whatever. And uh, well, I'm really looking forward to talking to Marat and we'll uh, get his reaction to um, a very interesting availability with Rick Bonus that we had a few clips at the end of yesterday's show when it came available, but we're certainly going to reset that and let people that didn't hear it yesterday hear it to begin this program today. And uh, we're not forgetting about the Moose. Um, tough one last night to shoot out for the club, but they're back at home on a big homestand. They're ready for playoff hockey. Big injury to the Moose as well. And we'll get the latest on the lay of the land with the herd with Dan Fink a little bit later on. Huge night in the National Hockey League as well. We'll go through all the matchups a little later on in the Cool Bet lines. Uh, just before we get Remus in here, do you want to thank the sponsors that make this show happen every day here on WST, Princess Auto, Cool Bet Canada, Culligan Water, Little Brown Jug, Canadian Club, Vita Health Fresh Market, Wallace & Wallace, Consolidated Supply, F Apparel, Manitoba Battery, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Boston Pizza, and of course, Royal Sports, and a why not question of the day for our friends over at Not Autocorp at Waverly and McGilvery. Let's get Michael Remus in here to get things going. Remo, what's going on? I'm just uh, getting my coffee in right now. Got to stay up for this 9 p.m. start tonight, right? I'm so fired up. Love the late games. That's uh, your that's your sweet spot. Love, I love West. You know, that's why I loved when they brought in Vegas and Seattle. It was like, great, more, more reason to stay up and watch hockey. Uh, I remember going, you know, whenever I would be in the Pacific time zone, it gets to 10 o'clock and there's no more sports. And you're like, well, I guess, I guess I'm going to bed. I got, I got nothing else to do. So, yeah, 9 p.m. start. I'm fired up. You know, my wife's going to go to bed. I'll get the big TV, watch the game. Uh, it's it's awesome. So, and, yeah, Jets, Ducks. Oh, yeah, I don't know. We're already talking in chat. Is this the biggest game of the year tonight? The answer is yes for the next <laughs> 10 games. <laughs> Ask it. I'll say yes every single time. Well, who knows? Maybe... If the team can, you know, get some wins, depending on what happens with Calgary and Nashville, maybe we won't be saying that in the final week of the season with those two road games in Minnesota and in Colorado. That certainly would be nice. Maybe Connor Hellebuck can get a rest. But going forth, beginning with tonight, Remo, I cannot see any game on the schedule not being the most important of the season going forward, considering where the Jets are right now. And I think that also means we're going to be seeing a lot of Connor Hellebuck, who was the man on Tuesday night at home, safeguarding that two-goal cushion that the Jets earned in the first period. Um, despite the team faltering in the second, he was brilliant, and uh, he's going to need to stay that way. I think if the Jets are going to get the uh, desperately needed points that uh, they're looking for on this trip. 
Yeah, this is a good matchup for them. You know, good little appetizer before you play the Kings, uh, you know, who have been fantastic since the last uh, two months here. But yeah, the Ducks, we know they're in the bottom of the standings. They're in the, you know, tank job for Bedard, whatever the slogan is, but there they are at the bottom of the Western Conference, 394 save percentage. So, you know, you got you to beat, if you want to get in the playoffs, Hess, you got to beat the teams you should beat. And the Jets should beat the Ducks. They've got a two-game losing streak. They're 3-4-3 three, and three in their last 10. And the Jets are on the one-game winning streak. A great win on Tuesday. Uh, textbook win there against the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah. Well, actually, you know you know what? You know, maybe we've been you know, poo-pooing the Coyotes too much because they gave the Oilers quite the run yesterday. Oilers oh, did they ever. beating them in OT. But also, or maybe we should be concerned with the Oilers because the Oilers had that score fest against San Jose, who's also been uh, not great this year. So maybe we should bump the Oilers down a bit. Anyways, uh, Jets, Ducks, I'm looking forward to see which Jets team we get tonight. And if they can play a full 60, let's use all the cliches, you know, score first and then play a full 60, I think, uh, should be able to get it done, right? Uh, you know what? How about, how about a... How about a cliche that is an absolute hockey cliche, but is more needed than ever for this hockey club? How about give 110%? Can we get 110%? Can we crank it up to 110 tonight for the Winnipeg Jets? Can we get that from every guy wearing a Jet jersey tonight? Um, and can they do it for a full 60 minutes? Um, <laughs> you know, I, I joke about this, but um, I think, these are serious questions about the Jets right now. And, you know, we talked yesterday on the program. We heard from Connor Hellebuck, who had mentioned that, you know, there was some, I believe he described it as some tough things were said after the second period of the game. And again, to the Jets' credit, they were much better in the third period after, you know, being outshot 18-3 to and having Hellebuck keep them in that game. And, you know, the only reason the Jets had the lead going into the third period was Hellebuck being brilliant. Um and pulling a couple out of his hat like a magician as well with that paddle save. Um, but going into this game, this is a game against a team that is eminently beatable. Uh, they're playing for next year right now. They've got a lot of young players. They've moved some players at the deadline. And the Winnipeg Jets are playing for their playoff lives. And, you know, over the course of the past week, and we'll talk about this with Murata Tesh, we've seen, you know, the good, like what you really hope to see from the Winnipeg Jets. And I liken that to the Saturday afternoon game in Nashville where they did get down. They continued to play the right way. They continued to shoot the puck. They got into some dirty areas and they got rewarded for it, most notably by that tying goal by Adam Lowry after they'd given up another goal and were down two to one. Um, and then we've seen the bad of the Winnipeg Jets. And that was the game against the St. Louis Blues after a half decent first four to five minutes. Um, they really did wilt. And I still think, I mean, the conversations around Jetland coming out of that uh, game against the Coyotes on Tuesday were wild because, I mean, you know, Nikolai Ehlers has the big goal early. You have that beautiful shorty from Morgan Barron to Adam Lowry. A 2 nothing lead, you feel, okay, this is exactly where this team wants to be. Uh, and then a complete no-show in the second period that I think left Rick Bonus uh, as well as the coaching staff wondering just what the hell was going on. Uh, but as Hellebuck mentioned, said what had to be said in the dressing room. They got it together in the third period. They hung on. No help to the power play. Um, but they got the win right now. And, uh, 
you know, we, they move on to move on to Anaheim tonight for this game. Um, a couple things before we hear from Rick Bonus and kind of reset what was said yesterday, because that really will be part of the tone, I think, around this team, at least going into tonight. Um, we mentioned Morgan Barron yesterday being the uh, getting the jacket and playing only five minutes in this hockey game. Morgan Barron over the last, I would say, two weeks has been, I think, one of the best versions of himself. Still a young player getting used to what it takes to you know, be effective night in and night out in the National Hockey League. And I'm not sure he particularly deserved to go down to the fourth line when Dubois came back and you had that extra player in the top six. I would love to see more Morgan Barron tonight. Um, and we did see a shift in the lines in the third period, Remo, moving Kyle Connor off of Mark Scheifele's wing, back with Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, we won't really know this probably until closer to game time or when the puck drops, exactly how this lineup is going to look like. Because, of course, there'll be a morning skate, which is going to be happening probably while we're doing the program today. We'll look to see if um, anybody that's on site can give us some updates um, but how the top six looks after the switch, after the second period, I think is going to be something Winnipeg Jet fans are going to be looking for. But the bottom line, and this goes back to what we'll be hearing from Rick Bonus in a minute, the bottom line in this is this team needs to play with the desperation and urgency that their situation begats. And on top of it, every player, especially the top players, um, you know, have to truly be committed and I can't believe I'm saying this motivated to give their best for a team in uh, in the situation that they're in. Yeah, and it's actually kind of when you look at the numbers, amazing they've even won games. And Jeff Hamilton wrote this, and we've been talking about it for a long time. The lack of scoring from the team's top players. Mark Shifley, no goals in the last six. Honor hasn't scored in the last eleven. Dubois in the last seven. And that's a different seven than the others because he's been hurt. But anyways, and Wheeler, goalless in his last 18. These are supposed to be your top uh, point producers. And, you know, Morgan Barron, who played five minutes, has outscored all of those guys in his last nine games. Uh, sorry, ten games. He's got two goals going back to Edmonton on at uh, home on the fourth where he had that beautiful breakaway goal. He's got five points in his last ten uh, and it's playing a season low five minutes uh, last game where he recorded an assist in those five minutes uh, with the beauty pass sauce to Lowry. So, yeah, well, you need the top guys to be your top guys. They haven't been the last bit, but I mean, look, you got how many games left? Nine? What is it? Ten. I don't even know. Ten? Whatever it is. Uh, it's ten. Down to, the, down to the wire, and they got to flip. It's here. We'll use more cliches. They got to flip the switch here, Hassan. Go back from the Jets. They're more looking more like last year's Jets. They got to look more like the first half Jets, and we'll see, we know they're capable of it. But is the motivation there, Hustler? Well, hey, and, and listen. This to, to me, this is all about you know the top six. Um, it's about Mark Shifley. It's about Kyle Connor. It is about Pierre Luc Dubois. Uh, I mean, listen, it's less so about Blake Wheeler as much as, I mean, I, I never questioned Wheeler's effort. Um, I think we just know Blake Wheeler isn't the same player that he was a few years ago right now. Um, and maybe there's an argument that he plays lower down in the lineup and there's someone else maybe more deserving and more effective in that role. I'm here for the conversation. But when you're looking and when we'll get to these comments of Rick Bonus, I mean, I think we know who he's talking about. Um, 
it's pretty clear based on what we've seen, certainly the switch of the centers in the uh, in the game at the end of the second period, that is those guys. I mean, Nikolai Ehlers, to me, is the guy that has shown the most um, give an F over the course of the last few games. And we talked about the fight with Braden Shen. Um, and as well as we've talked about, you know, there, there's two guys that have scored goals in these last few games, Remo. One's Nikolai Ehlers, and the other is Adam Lowry. And for all of the talk, justifiably, uh, about the uh, lack of scoring in the bottom six, that Lowry line, you know, continues to be a very important matchup for the Winnipeg Jets. But Lowry is listening. Lowry's doing what Rick Bonus had to say. They were rewarded for it in Nashville with that massive goal that got them into overtime and allowed them the opportunity to have Neil Pionk win it and get a two massive two points. Um, and then for all the talk about special teams <laughs> that we've mentioned lately, usually talking about the power play that's lost its way, the penalty kill continues to be strong. And that shorty set up on a beautiful feed by Morgan Barron to Adam Lowry and a finish that you know looked more like a top six player than maybe what you're used to seeing from Adam Lowry, a very, very good sign. And to be honest, even though they haven't played a ton, I've had no issue at all with the fourth line right now. And I think it looks even better with Morgan Barron on it. You can make the argument that maybe Morgan Barron deserves and should be playing higher up in the lineup. Um, but I like Kevin Stenland as of late. And, uh, you know, Menelainen, both on the PK and on a regular shift, has done well. And listen, if this team looks like it has at times when things haven't been going well recently, I'd have no issue if Rick Bonus just basically went and started rolling four lines or went like he did in Carolina and saw the lines that were going and played more of them. I mean, it's all about the now. It's all about getting the points. And to be honest, from a coaching standpoint, and I think Rick Bonus gave us a little bit of an idea, a window into that yesterday. Um, I think there will be more decisions based on the present, not on tenure, not on salary it's about getting the job done and um this is a real real challenge to a number of players on uh, on this team yeah we don't have uh well, they're probably hitting the ice very soon but we do have the practice lines from yesterday Ehlers, Shafley, Wheeler, Connor, Dubois, Niederreiter, Nemestikov, Lowry, Appleton, Baron, Stanley, Menelainen, Morrissey, Pionk, Dylan, DeMello we'll see what they do with the D they had Capo Bianco with Schmidt um they said what Sambrick took a shot off the foot or something we'll wait and we'll know later on but you know yeah Nick it's funny how Nikolai Ehlers and Adam Lowry the two guys to score in the win the last two wins in Nashville and against Arizona and Ehlers we were dogging on him after Colorado that stretch against Colorado Islanders Kings to Edmonton he had zero points in those five games and in his last uh, nine games he's got nine points four goals so he's stepped it up we want to see more from those other top guys and Will they get a power play goal tonight, Huss, or, or will they decline the power play? I mean, that's a big, I don't know if there's prop bets on that one tonight, but you have to think they're due at some point. And then if you're, well, I don't know how you're feeling about the game, but I'm looking at Money Puck's odds, and the Jets have a very nice 69.4% chance of winning, according to Money Puck. So I don't know if that makes, that's the, that's the largest percentage. Oh, no, no, Boston over Montreal is larger. Mm-hmm. That's one of the larger favorites on the night, according to Money Pucks. Uh, well, and, and I mean, I just finished doing the lock shop. I mean, uh, certainly they're a big favorite on the betting lines as well, but none of that matters once uh, once you drop the puck. Uh, let's reset. 
yesterday afternoon. Um, there was practice for the Winnipeg Jets. Talked to a few of the guys in the room afterwards. They said it seemed quite tense in and around um, the availabilities. And Rick Bonus spoke, and you know there was a few comments from the coach that um, I think were very, very telling about maybe what's happening behind the scenes with the Winnipeg Jets. Going back to what Connor Hellebuck had to say about what was said between the second and third period on Tuesday night, um, as well as a challenge to his team and to his top players to bring it when uh, they drop the puck tonight. Let's start off with number seven, Remo. Uh, Bones has talked about where his team at is right now and trying to find their game and first and foremost, book their ticket to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Well, the most important thing is to get in. And the most important and just as important, I should say, is, is, is playing the right way at the right time. So it's both. Uh, if you, last night's a perfect example. We had two great periods and a bad period. Um, so we win the game, but you better be honest about how you played it. So we're not going to walk away saying, oh, wow, two win, that's it. That's great. That's not what we're doing. Yeah, we won the game. We needed the win. We got it. That's the best news. Uh, but... There, we have to play a lot better in, for 60 minutes than we did last night. We've, we've beaten some pretty good teams here lately um, by playing the right way. And when there seems there's times we seem like we're right back on track, like two periods last night. And then the second period, we just go back to careless habits. So uh, we, we do what we are, whatever we have to do to win these games right now. At the same time, being honest on our appraisal of how we played the game and and continue to work on and address the areas that are of concern. All right, so there's Bones talking about an honest appraisal of the game, and he mentioned that word careless. We heard that a number of times, and we have heard it a lot lately. This team cannot afford to be careless right now in anything that they do. Uh, Bones expanded a little bit on players receiving an honest assessment of their game. It would be, I guess, your job to keep the players honest, but where do you think they are at it taking that honest assessment? Well, they should be used to it by now. We've been doing it all year. We take an honest assessment on every game, win or lose. Uh, sometimes you win, you play poorly, you don't. You have to address it, and sometimes you play great and lose. And you, so uh, we've been honest with our assessment of how we played every game. So they should be used to it by now. The players are usually honest with themselves, though, or do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, they, and I've said this before, the players know when we're playing what we look like, who we are. They know that. Um, it's a matter. So that's why the uh, the honest assessment of how we're playing comes into play. Is that what we look like? Is that second period? Is that who we are? Is that what we look like when we're playing well? There's not a chance. Take the first and the third. Is that who we are? And that's how we uh, play? Yeah, it is. Created more offense that way. Um, yeah. All right. So this is Rick Bowen is talking a little bit about the... Uh... Uh, the honest assessment that his players have been receiving uh, and certainly got it after some good and some not so good in the game against the Arizona Coyotes that they did end up winning uh, from another stellar performance of Connor Hellebuck. But these next two clips are the ones that I think really got people talking and um, the reactions yesterday, very late in the show when we played these, I think spoke for themselves with the amount of wows and holy bleeps in the chat. Um, this was Scott Billick asking Bones if they need more commitment from their best players. 
we can't, I've got to get more out of them, put it that way. Yeah, sure. It, it, it's interesting, though. Like, I mean, players, I mean, the coaches only can do so much. I yep. mean, you need the players to come to the rink and motivate themselves and, yep. and have that commitment themselves. Like, yep. So who, what do you who, who, need to do that's different who, than... Who motivates you when you wake up in the morning? Myself. There you go. Right. So why do you say then... Then that's because that's to do more to motivate those guys. That's what we're dealing with. So that's that's part of our job, um, is is to stay on top of them and keep pushing them, and don't let them get into a comfort zone and don't let them back off. And uh, sometimes you're doing that, you know, you're not even aware of you're doing you're doing it. So it has to be shown, has to be talked to, has to be addressed. So we'll keep pushing, and then the rest is on them. Yes. If we if we were allowing this and just not addressing it, that they can do more, then that's one thing. But we are addressing it, and now that next step, that's your point. That has to come from them, yes. All right, that was just a fascinating exchange. And, you know, I mean, the first line when Rick puts it on himself, I need to do more, um, was just a natural deflection. We see coaches do it all the time where maybe they don't want to say straight up, hey, some of our guys aren't getting given them what we need and then when you get into the motivation and for rick to then throw that back to scott who motivates you when you get up me well exactly i mean they're looking for these players to find that in themselves and um it's not something that any team in the situation the winnipeg jets are right now should have to be dealing with with 10 minutes left 10 games left in the season in uh, a do or die situation pretty much each and every night but that is where it is. And uh, that's what we're dealing with, Comet, really, really stood out to many. And that wasn't the last time we heard that from Rick because Scott Billick sort of followed up asking, like, why players would need extra motivation at a time like this. It just, it maybe, it just, it maybe it just seems a little odd that some of these guys have been in the league for six, seven, eight years and you're having to try in game 71 72 to get them to motivate themselves yeah that's what we're dealing with fair enough that's what we're dealing with and then billick just said fair enough again props to rennie and scott for uh, being down there yesterday and asking some very appropriate questions um and reem i mean we played it a couple times yesterday later on the show for people that were still around right at the end I must have listened to that again three or four more times afterwards and kind of getting the body language of, uh, of Rick Bonus through that. And, you know, at a certain point, you know, coaches in the past, some more than others, will try and basically just go a different direction or gloss over what the obvious issue is. That wasn't the case from Rick Bonus as much as he sort of put it on himself to motivate the players better at the beginning. Um, and to me, this was uh, a straight-up challenge to his best players to bring it with 10 games left in the season and their playoff lives and hopes hanging in the balance. He challenged them a couple of weeks ago, Huss, where he said, this game will test you. I want to see where you're made of. And what, then they dropped it to the Islanders or nothing. So is this another test here and how are they going to respond to playing against the Ducks? They're you know trying to keep their final playoff spot here for the last bit after being in first, you know, 2 months ago. Now you're barely hanging on. Well, they are hanging on. So 
uh, we'll have to see. And you know, thankfully for the Jets, Calgary has been not great. Nashville, I mean, they're sellers. Uh, so that you know, you got to keep pace with those guys. They all won on Tuesday night. What is going to happen? Uh, happen this evening? Uh, yeah, Calgary's got Vegas at home. Yeah, Seattle is in Nashville, and uh, of course, the Winnipeg Jets take on the Anaheim Ducks. We'll have more on those comments from Rick Bonus and the Winnipeg Jets with Murad Atash coming up in uh, about 20-25 minutes or so. But first up, we're going to head down to SoCal, get ready for this trip, and get the latest on uh, how the NHL Jets, but also the Ducks and Kings with our pal Dennis Bernstein from the fourth period. Before we do that, let me give a big shout-out to our friends over at Manitoba Battery. Guys, if you're uh, in the need for a battery for your car, your truck, or even that summer toy you're working on this weekend, this uh, winter, Manitoba Battery wants you to know they're the most convenient and well-priced option in the city. You can put your order in for a new battery at lunchtime or even at the start of Winnipeg Sports Talk and have it sitting on your doorstep in two to four hours for less money than you'd spend anywhere else in Winnipeg on the same battery. It's that simple. No more fighting for a parking spot at Costco. No more waiting in line at Canadian Tire. And no more spending money on a battery at the big box store. Shop local and let Manitoba Battery bring the battery to you while you spend time on more important things. Very simple. Give them a call at 783-8787. You can also order online at manitobabattery.com for that delivery service. And if you are out and about or just want to talk, uh, pop in to 1026 Logan Avenue, Donnie and his great staff are waiting for you to take care of you today. Um, hey, with spring just around the corner, trust me, it is coming. Uh, our friends at Consolidated Supply are getting ready for the turn of the seasons. They are the first choice in irrigation for lawn and garden to golf. They are the leaders in it. And while they do work with the golf courses around the province, they can also do that great product and service for you on your property. So if you do have irrigation needs, if you're thinking about artificial turf, maybe that dream putting green in the backyard, it can certainly help you out with that. And while you're thinking about jacking up that backyard, how would a hot tub or a spa look back there? What about a beautiful outdoor kitchen? They've got incredible options for that. Joe, Spicy, and the gang ready to help you out with all of those needs. And don't forget, they're also the leaders in small engine parts and small engine solutions. Pop down and see them at uh, 1395 Niaqua Road East, or uh, find out everything Consolidated Supply can do for you, your property, your business, online at their fully revamped website at cte.ca. Uh, gang, don't forget, we're, st uh, we're still welcoming in nominations for the Unsung Hero program with our friends at Wallace & Wallace. Who in your community has been spending extra time throughout the winter volunteering, whether it's through, through charities or long, long hours in minor sports programs here in the city, or maybe just that person that is always there helping out as a great neighbor for those in need in and around your community. You tell us. Send us an email, unsunghero at winnipegsportstalk.com. The community unsung hero for the month will receive an autographed jersey from Jets All-Star defenseman Josh Morrissey. Wallace and Wallace will make a $500 donation to the Dream Factory, of which Josh is an ambassador for, on behalf of the Winnipeg Sports Talk listener that nominated the unsung hero. And Josh and Margot Morrissey are going to match that $500 as well. Again, unsung hero at winnipegsportstalk.com. Let us know who your unsung hero is, and we'll announce a winner in a couple of weeks. Just before we bring in DB, 
And guys, if you're looking for great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, and Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products too, Vita Health Fresh Market is where you need to go or online at myvita.ca. With spring just around the corner, you need to get ready for it with Ultimate Male Energy, formulated specifically for men over 35. Ultimate Male Energy is designed to help improve testosterone production, reduce excess body fat, build muscle tissue, maintain prostate health, and more. It's on sale today at Vita Health. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge and online at myvita.ca. All right, let's get down to uh, sunny California and welcome in Dennis Bernstein of the fourth period. DB, what's going on? You all ready for the Jets or what? Careful when you say sunny Southern California, first of all, Hustler, because it's been raining here for the last six weeks like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, we're ready for the Jets. We hope they get in. And they have the, the easy touch tonight in Anaheim against the Anaheim Ducks team that has over a minus 100 goal differential this season. Well, the funny thing about that is, Dennis, that nothing seems easy right now for the Winnipeg Jets. And, you know, it's a long season. You know, at times they've been flying high. I had great success in the first half. But there have been some really concerning trends about this hockey club for the better part of the last uh, two months. And, I mean, January 17th, we were sitting here talking about a team that was first place in the Western Conference. And right now, we're white-knuckling it on the scoreboard every night, seeing what Calgary's doing, uh, what Nashville's doing. I mean, you covered the league all around. I know I jumped on the show with you guys on Sirius XM last week. But Mm -hmm. when you talk to people around the league, what are you hearing about? What's the common comments about what's happened to Winnipeg and why they're in the situation that they're in right now, considering where they were eight weeks ago? Well, I think the health status of Perfetti and Dubois certainly uh, have impacted this team without question. I think that's a, that's a no brainer there. And a guy who I love Kyle Connor, I don't know. I, I can't believe this guy can't hit the net more regularly. So it's a situation where you have your core guys and just, there's not enough depth on this team. So it looked great, but like reality, were they better than Colorado, which is coming fast? Uh, no question. So I, I just think that they got hit with injuries to the forwards at the, at the wrong time. Hellebuck's been great, but he's the only guy you can depend on. And it's question, it's it's not unlike Florida with Bobrovsky. Like they need Bobrovsky every game now. Can he really play 11 games down the stretch? And can you turn to your backup and say, okay, make some save first? That's the question. So I think it's it's not a perfect storm. It's like an imperfect storm. But you can see reasons why this team has has struggled in the last, like you mentioned, six weeks or so. They still have some weapons. Um, still trust Connor Hellbuck in a big game. But, it, but again, they just haven't – I guess everybody hasn't clicked at the same time, Hustler, and that's why – they're, like you mentioned, white-knuckling, watching games by Nashville and Cal- and uh, Calgary and, and Seattle. You know, um, you know, just before we came on, we played some comments from Rick Bonus yesterday, and it was, um, I mean, it was startling, in fact, eye-opening, that Rick essentially said that, you know, with 10 games left in the season and the situation and the position that he's in right now, his biggest challenge is, you know, motivating his top players to uh, to be bringing it. And that's not something that you don't no. want to ever say about a team, but certainly a team in the predicament they're in. And that is why I think, you know, not only the stakes for the Winnipeg Jets and needing these points so much, but, you know, we're going to learn a lot about, you know, how this is resonating within the difference makers for this club. Yeah. And, 
you know, you know Connor Hellebuck's going to be there for you. Josh Morrissey's been there all along and has really emerged as the leader and the captain in waiting in this club. Um, and yes. I think we've even seen a big boost from, I mean, Adam Lowry over the last mm -hmm. little bit, scored a huge goal in Nashville, scored the winner against Anaheim. And Nikolai Ehlers has been another guy that has really, really shown what he's made of and how much he cares. You mentioned Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, and Dubois has been a bit of an enigma. He's played so well yeah. at times. He's been injured lately. Um, we'll see what we make out of it. But this should be a desperate and urgent team. Um, and maybe the Anaheim Ducks are the perfect opponent for a team like that to try to find and get a little bit of confidence going into play a very good and very hot Kings team on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, well, if you're going to follow the model that Calgary did, Calgary got wiped out by the Kings on Saturday, then went to Anaheim and won 5 1. So that's the model that you have to really. And, and Hustle, to your point, I think if Winnipeg were not to make it, it's how they would lose these last games. Like you mentioned, desperation. Like I expected Calgary to be a desperate team. That was a big game against the Kings on Monday night, a really big game for both teams. How bad were they in that game? They were awful, and the goalie wasn't – they didn't look desperate. Like, one team looked desperate. The team that's two points out of first place, not the team that's in ninth. That's how bad that they just didn't look desperate, and I know there's been a lot of reporting about the disconnect between Daryl and the rest of the team and guys like Uberdo and Kadri. You saw it. Like, in that big of a game, like, you had your fourth line was probably your best line. Markstrom just can't – like, he, they say he's played better down the stretch. I think the expected goals in that game at an 8-2 game, Hustler – was a little over two. So Markstrom wasn't good either. And you're paying a guy $6 million to make a save. So, uh, yeah, but here's the thing. when If John Gibson's playing tonight, for example, nobody's faced more shots in this league than John Gibson in net this season. He's average facing 37 shots. So he's not just playing Calgary because Calgary gets, you know, 50 shots a game and loses every game. But to face that many shots, like, here's the thing. Winnipeg has to go in tonight, get a couple goals early, and just seal the deal. And so, so there's no question, like at, like Calgary did. That's what you got to do against this team because, yeah, they have some talent. Yeah, some nights John Gibson's really good and he could steal a game. But when you're in the predicament that Winnipeg's in, go into Honda Center, win the game, and just move on to, to Los Angeles, which will be a much tougher game. The Kings are playing great. It's going to afternoon game, which sometimes teams don't respond. But, again, this is the game you have to get. It's not a must-win game. It's a can't-lose game. You can't lose this game tonight. You just can't no, it, it's a good point. You think it, you're legit. Know, and you mentioned, you know, going in, getting a couple goals early, and and that's exactly what the Jets did against the Coyotes. Now, the Coyotes yeah. have played been really well lately, but I don't think anyone could have imagined the Jets coming out of the dressing room and losing on the shot clock 18-3 to in the second period to Arizona of a game that they absolutely had to have. And that has sort of sparked some of the conversations, certainly the questions that they had for Rick Bonus in that very interesting media availability before the team picked up and left. Um, what is left of the Ducks right now? I mean, you know, they traded a few players away. Klingberg got out right at the last minute. It has been an absolutely miserable season. But, I mean, when you watch this hockey club, um, are there young players that are sort of taking advantage of the end of the season, ice time and opportunity, or is this all about the draft lottery right now? And, um, you know, they're going to make a myriad of changes to try to get back to respectability in the upcoming off season. Now, the, the youngsters that are going with, except for Jamie Drysdale, who's out for the season with an injury, I, I, Seifers is playing. I think their best player is Troy Terry. 
He's a great goal scorer. And he's scored 22 in, what, 64 games. He missed some through injury. Mason Natavich is, is a kid playing with men. He's 20 years old. He's had a nice season hustle, like 16, 25, 41, and 70 games. So you probably get to 18 goals, probably a 45-point player. In your first season, first full season, that's fantastic. So the future could be bright. But when you look at their defense, and for, I'll give you an example. In February, they claimed Scott Harrington on waivers. He's playing the top pair with Cam Fowler right now. You look at their bottom four, Simon Benoit, Kevin Shattenkirk, Colton White, and Nathan Bolio. You should get a lot of shots on goal. You should have opportunities to score. So there, there is some talent here, but it, it's not like they're – I think they're marking time for the lottery and then – I think the big picture situation in Anaheim is what's Pat Verbeek going to do? I assume he's changing the coach without question. I think Dallas Eakins is not going to be continuing. I think they wanted to make a change, but there was so much change in last off season that they didn't, they wanted the ownership said, Let, let's hold back on that. So what's Pat Verbeek going to do to make this now, if you get Connor Bedard and you win the lottery balls and that, that solves some of the problem. But again, that defense has to rebuild. There has to be more depth on the bottom six. So this is a team that's clearly in rebuild. But they're just playing – they're going through the motions right now, Hunter. So, again, you should win a game like that if you're a playoff team. The big moves for Anaheim will be, first, identifying who the core is, and then what will Pat Verbeek do to supplement that core going forward. Now, a very different story down the highway um, at the Crypto.com Arena with the Los Angeles Kings. 8-0-2 in their last 10. As you mentioned, Dennis, just two points back the Vegas Golden Knights for first place. Um, it seems to all be coming together at the most important time for the year of the Kings. Give us a little bit of an idea about the latest on LA. We, we saw them here and there was that wild six, five yeah. game a couple weeks back that, you know, at times kind of was a lot of like what the Kings were. I mean, a team that doesn't win by a lot, sometimes give ups, gives up a bunch of goals. Yeah. But again, right after that, they got the news that Jonathan quick was no longer a member of the LA Kings. Um, Fill us in on the latest with L.A., how that trade has resonated, losing a popular mm-hmm. player like Quick, and the fact that they just keep on winning hockey games. I think the first two games that Jets fans saw the Jets play against the Kings it won't be like the third game. Right? This team is way better defensively. And that, that shootout win in Winnipeg with the trade, that's the last time they gave up more than two goals in a game. They've gone eight games without giving up more than two goals a game. It's been, and oh. part of the reason was that trade. That, that was seismic. Like Jonathan Quick's going to have his banner, his, his jersey raised to the rafters, might get a, a, a statue because everybody's handing out statues in L.A. these days. So not to disrespect what happened with Dustin Brown. This is a really good team. Hustle, they're on pace to set a franchise record for standing points. With all the great teams they had with Gretzky winning the cup, and like that, that's how hot they are right now. They're 8-0-2 in the last 10. Um, they're getting scoring from three lines. Their fourth line seems to be settling in as a – as an energy line, but Gavrikov coming in, he really stabilized that second pair with Matt Roy. There was a lot of high risk in this team's game, the first 25 games, but the last, like they are checking now. They finally bought in. I don't know what game, it must've been about game 60 where they finally bought in and realized, hey, we're gonna have to play defense and we're gonna have to check to win games. And that's what they've been doing. Yes, they've had goal explosions. Three out of the last four games, they scored four goals in a period, which I haven't seen since I covered the team in 20 years. But this is a very different offensive team. And that's without Kevin Fiala and Sean Dorsey, who have been out. Uh, Kevin had a hyperextended knee. Sean's had a concussion. This is a dangerous team. This is a team, uh, Hustler, short of a totally healthy uh, Colorado Avalanche team, and I mean totally healthy by having Gabe Landeskog, they can beat any team in the West. 
they're that dangerous type now. And corporate salad coming in has helped stabilize behind uh, Phoenix Copley. And I would assume Copley would start game one in the playoffs, but it looks like they're alternating down the stretch. And remember, Corpus Sal is the guy who made 85 saves in a playoff game once, so maybe that has some weight and currency, although he did lose that game to Tampa Bay. But this is a very different team. This is not the same team that Winnipeg Jets fans saw the team play the last two times. It's it's tough. It, they check really well. They're playing great defense. They're getting opportunistic scoring. They're dangerous. Well, and they're very balanced scoring, too. I mean, you've got seven players on the roster that have 40 or more points. Um, and, and two guys that stand out. I mean, we've talked about Fiala, and he's been awesome, and he leads the team. But Kopitar, at 35 years old, still looks like Kopitar at 28 or 29 right now. And maybe speak about his season and the bounce back of Drew Doughty. I think a lot of people thought that the best days of Drew Doughty were behind him, and maybe they are. But, man, he still can log a lot of ice time and be a difference maker for a team that's challenging for top spot. I mean, Kopitar even put a slap shot back in his room. Uh, Arsenal this year uh, in that four goal game he had a slap shot but yeah he and he's scoring goals normally he's been like a 20 guy 20 goal 18 20 goal guy the last couple of years he scored more goals this season playing with Adrian Kempe um you know so that that's no and Drew Doughty Drew made a move the other night where he danced around the, the uh, uh opposing forward and went to the net and then took a shot clicked in the rebound I'm like no oh, Drew like I haven't seen that in years so he's bringing some of it back I I, I think this team the youngsters and playing better has revitalized both Kopitar and Dowdy. And when you mentioned depth hustle, here's the thing. This team is depth. And again, the second line is really solid with Trevor Moore, Philip Deneau, and Victor Arvidsson. But when you can put Gabe Velarde and, and Fiala on the third line, and Gabe's got, what, 22 goals or 24 goals, and so does and, uh, Fiala's over there, that's a dangerous team. Those guys are playing third-line minutes because up top you've got Quinton Byfield who – Hasn't gotten around the goal scoring yet, but is playing better. He's a point-of-game guy in his last 10 games. You're right, a well-balanced team that can hurt you. Top six in power play. Like, Custer, I don't recognize this team. Like I, This is not the Kings I've covered for the last two decades. It's totally different. They finally shore up their defense, but their offense has been fantastic, creative. They take more risks. They took too much risks the first, like let's say, 60 games, and then they finally figured out, look, we have to be smart when we take chances. When we pinch, we got to make sure we got coverage behind me with with respect to a forward. They've been doing that. They haven't given up a lot, and it's resulted in you know a possibility of winning the first Pacific Division title ever. Well, the Jets are going to need to worry about the Ducks tonight, but that will be an interesting yeah. one. I believe an afternoon game, so three o'clock Winnipeg yes. start, one o'clock Pacific time, uh, coming up on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Dennis, I do have to ask you though. We mentioned the trade, you know, that happened yeah. after the game here in Winnipeg. Sure. Uh, what? What would a Kings Golden Knights playoff series look like? And how much would the Jonathan Quick factor be in the background? He seems to be a guy that is always motivated, but I'm sure he took this personally. And I mean, I don't think the NHL could have anything better happen on the West Coast than have those two teams go at it with all the storylines around what I think is turning into a pretty good rivalry. Okay, I recant the entire timeline and it does it doesn't start at the trade all right so look i get it rob blake has said he, he wish he had handled it better because he basically called jonathan on the phone at that time and says you're traded to a last place team in ohio let's move back let's move back to the offseason jonathan quick wanted to stay in los angeles wanted a two-year contract at less money and the king said mm, let's let's see at that moment jonathan quick should have said okay there's a possibility i may not end my career as a king 
He should have, that's realization shows that when they don't want to extend you, when you're the GOAT and you're the greatest goaltender of all time in Los Angeles and my top three in wins or top two, in dreams, like you got to get an inkling. Now, on the King's end, what should have happened is one of two things, Hustler. Either one, like, look, Rob Blake didn't wake up on Tuesday and say, I'm trading Jonathan Quick on Wednesday. Like his last game was against the Rangers in Madison Square Garden, got pulled. At some point, Rob had to pull John aside and said, hey, John, we love you. You're great. You're an all-timer. You have an 875 save percentage. Something might happen at the deadline. Either do that or get on the plane and go to Winnipeg and face-to-face say, hey, look, we've traded you. He didn't do either, and I'm sure he has misgivings for, for that process, and that's what happened. So goes to Ohio. Not he got traded. The rights got traded to Columbus. I'm not sure he even would have played. Well, he wants to continue to play. But, look, the, the whole hero in the story is Yarmo kick a line. He did John a solid. He traded him back to Vegas. And yes, I'm going to go to like that game. First of all, the Kings in Vegas play on a regular season game on April 6th. I got an inkling, and I'm you know I'm not really an insider, but I, I got to think Jonathan Quick's going to play in that game. Pretty 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 good authority. He's going to play. So that's going to be like almost a playoff game because if these teams don't lose up until that point, it's going to be a game for first place. So you're going to have one of it. Now I will say this: Logan Thompson's playing tonight for uh for vegas so he's going to figure in the mix as well they're going to get a motivated jonathan quick fans are upset but how upset can you be since they haven't lost since in regulation since the trade and quick's played okay like his record's really good he had one great game against carolina shut out carolina played well but he plays the type of game he played in los angeles he gives up a bad goal every game that game he shouldn't he should stop and they score enough that's a really good team i credit vegas with the injuries, with Mark Stone being out, with yeah. uh, with Eichel not playing great. But, again, it was seismic. But, again, the team's adjusted. They haven't missed Jonathan Quick. And Corpus Shallow this season, when he's healthy, is a better goalie than Jonathan Quick. So the goaltending situation is better because Todd McClellan got to a point where he couldn't trust Jonathan Quick anymore because there would be one one goal a night that would be a momentum shifting on a bad shot, on a, on a two, a, 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 you know, Odd man rush where he's got coverage. He was giving up goals that went through him that hadn't gone through him before. And so that was why it was necessary. It was a tough call. It's tough for the, the fans. Some fans are still upset about it. But again, how upset could you be given the way this team has played since that trade? Hey, DB, um, I appreciate your thoughts on uh, the teams that the Jets are going to be seeing over the next couple of days. Before we go, I want to ask you about one other team. And we haven't spent a lot of time talking about the Seattle Kraken. They've been a great story this year. I think they've exceeded everyone's expectations. They are the one team that's just ahead of the Winnipeg Jets, and they've got a couple extra games. They've got an interesting schedule. they got three games against Arizona, but Arizona's been playing really well. Two back-to-back games in Nashville. They finish up with a back-to-back against the Vegas Golden Knights. Just thoughts on Seattle and how secure are they right now in their playoff spot? Could we be talking about Winnipeg, Calgary, and maybe Seattle coming down to that final week of the year? Maybe, Hustler, but with Seattle, they play Arizona three times, but twice in Seattle and Arizona, except for last night. They, they don't they don't win, you know, they've won seven games on the road. No. So I when I think here's the thing with Seattle. Because LA and Vegas and Edmonton are playing great, two teams are eight and two, one team's eight, two, eight, oh, and two in the last 10. I think, all right, Seattle's kind of regressing. They're like six, three, and one in their last. And and they keep winning it. When I think they're going to fall back towards a situation where they're in danger of losing, they find a way to win games. 
And that's what they've been doing. They haven't gotten great goaltending. But they, again, you're talking about depth and scoring by committee. This is the one team that does it. I'm surprised that they didn't make a move, a big move at the deadline for a score. But they score enough and they get good enough goaltending. They, they're playing good enough. Do I think they're a dangerous team in the first round? No, I don't think so. Because I, I don't look. Jerry McCann's going to score 35 goals and go crazy in the playoffs. Maybe it happens. So I don't think they'll take a step back because I think they've played well enough here and have enough confidence where they can win games they need to. Like, they need to go and win those two games against Arizona. I suspect they will. They don't play great at home. They're a great road team, like which is crazy, which doesn't make any sense. So I, I don't think – I think it's going to be between Calgary, Nashville, and Winnipeg. I, I think Seattle's secure enough in the one seed. I don't think they'll play well enough to pass any of the top three teams in the Pacific right now. So they're probably nestled in in that four – uh, fourth place spot, first overall wild card. DB, great having you on the program. Um, it was fun jumping on with you guys last Saturday. You'll be doing the show again, and then uh, you'll be uh, getting right over to the rink for uh, Jets-Kings on Saturday afternoon? No, actually, we're going to be doing the show from Crypto.com Arena. The Kings and us oh. have discussed it, so we're going to do it from – they have a uh, season ticket holders restaurant, so we're going to do it right before the game. So it's it, we usually go 8 to 10 Pacific, but we're going to go 11 to 1 Pacific, so right before Kings – um, Kings Jets, so it's going to be a lot of fun. And we'll, we'll do a, we did a remote earlier in the season from Dallas. We're doing it again in Los Angeles as well. Well, this will be perfect, Jet fans. If you can jump on Sirius XM, uh, the fellas will bring it right up until game time on Saturday morning with uh, Dennis and, of course, Dave Pagnotta and the guys over at the fourth period. Dennis, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, enjoy these games the next couple days. We got uh, a lot riding on the line of these Jets games, and uh, we know the team that you cover most closely is just getting ready for a potentially big playoff run in the Pacific. Always great being with you on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Hustler, thanks for the time. Thanks so much. Dennis Bernstein of the fourth period. Make sure to give them a uh, follow. And uh, uh, a great Saturday morning show on Sirius XM NHL Radio if you are able to get it. All right. We are going to head down to Southern California once again and hook up with Murata Tesh. Uh, just before we do that, a big shout-out to our friends at Royal Sports, the undisputed kings of everything sports when it comes to licensed merchandise nobody has a bigger selection thousands of pieces of jets merchandise many exclusives tons of incredible bomber merch including exclusives that you won't find anywhere else not to mention nfl major league baseball with the blue jay season right around the corner raptors in the nba and, of course, soccer kits from around the world. Spring break's coming up. They've got snowboards, boots, bindings, everything you need for that spring trip. The big bike section will be getting going very soon as we get into spring. And, of course, everyone that plays hockey knows that uh, the biggest and best hockey selection around with some great deals right now for the end of the season, all there at Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. And follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. Um, guys, if you're uh, looking to uh, boost your wardrobe heading into spring and summer, Pop down and see our friends at F Apparel at 190 Smith Street. Um, custom suits and clothing for men at incredible prices, made to fit, having you looking sharp for the change of the seasons. Custom suits beginning at just $400, uh, but far more than just suits. Dress shirts and more casual shirts, too, that can be worn tucked and untucked. Different styles for each. Chinos, golf pants, and more in the best selection of men's accessories. If you are getting married or in a wedding party, 
Talk to Andrew and his staff about a 15% discount for the entire wedding party when you get your suits done up at F Apparel. And if you have a 2023 high school grad in the family, get the young man a new suit to head into the next <clears throat> excuse me, chapter of his life. And uh, F Apparel will hook you up with a free custom shirt and tie valued at $150. It's all there at F Apparel, 190 Smith Street downtown. Find out more or make an appointment to pop in and see them at F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com. And hey, we had the why not question of the day. If people are liking the late games, we had uh, well over 50% saying they are in. Well, it's also Thursday night, a great night to go out. And uh, can't think of a better agenda for this evening than maybe going for a few schooners, some gourmet pizzas and some famous Boston's wings and watching the Winnipeg Jets and Ducks on the big screen with big sound at your local Boston pizza. Heck, if you're staying home, you can always get the great taste of BP, including a fantastic new features menu by ordering online at bostonpizza.com. Nine o'clock puck drop tonight. Jets on the practice ice right now. Sounds like the lines pretty much as they finished on Tuesday. Ehlers, Shifley, Wheeler, Connor, Dubois, Niederreiter, Nemetsnikov with Lowry and Appleton, Morgan Barron, who has the jacket from last night's win, or last win, along with Steny and Saku Menelainen. And the defense pairings, Morrissey DeMello, Dylan Pionk, Nate Schmidt, and Kyle Capobianco. We'll see if there's any more clarity on Dylan Sandberg, uh, but Capobianco, once again, very steady as he returned to the lineup after another long layoff. Looks like he'll get a chance to play two games in a row. We'll have more clarity before puck drop tonight. But right now, let's head down to Southern California and catch up with Murata Tesh ahead of tonight's beginning of this three-game Western road trip. Murata, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. It's gently raining. I'm sure I'm going to see some sunshine today. Life is good down here. Uh, uh, folks, uh, make sure to check out Murat's latest piece over at The Athletic, um, talking about the latest on the Winnipeg Jets with three thoughts ahead of this crucial California road trip. Uh, I know you were traveling yesterday getting down there, but uh, what what a wild press conference with Rick Bonus yesterday. Um, Bones has been very eloquent all season long. We've seen different sides of Bones, but... Uh, I'm very interested in what you thought from some of the uh, responses Rick got about the commitment of the players and the need for him to motivate guys going into a season-defining final 10 games of the schedule. Yeah, I mean, wow, is my first response. Um, just to put everything in context, right? I was in the air when that happened, just like you say. So, you know, not in the room, the subtleties, you know, maybe I could look at the video and and compare body language to what I knew. But, you know, it's a little bit different. But I will say my experience was turn the phone back on as, you know, we landed in at LAX yesterday and my phone had absolutely blown up with fans being like, hey, did you hear bonus? Did you hear bonus? Um, you know, uh, not only did Hellebunk say the night before tough words were said during the sen second intermission, it seemed like Josh Morrissey wasn't too thrilled about the win when he was talking to us. And then having Rick Bonus tell reporters that, you know, all the, that motivation is an issue at this time of year. And well, that, hey, like, that's what we're dealing with. I believed him. That's, I think that's my most important takeaway is I, I've seen some strange spin jobs of like, hey, that's just Rick Bonus motivating. He's finding a way, all that sort of stuff. 
I, my, my, my read is I believe him to the letter of what he's saying, that motivational issues with key players are in fact what he is dealing with. Um, and that to me is a problem. I do all of the flashbacks. I think about last year at this time when players, you know, some of them, it looked like they more or less quit on the team. And I think, well, this team's so much better than that. Where are those same habits coming from? Is that something, is that what bonus is seeing? Um, I, I just, I think it's a problem. I think it's important that he named it. I believe that he's naming it with them as well, which is, I think, step one. Um, it's, it's a bit flabbergasting that we're at step one in certain regards, and it makes me sort of question maybe a lot of the most important players on the team right now. You know, and <laughs> you mentioned Josh Morrissey, and I sort of took that as well. I mean, that Josh has been a, if not the leader when it comes to, you know, the players that are wearing letters right now this year that have spoken the most. And obviously he's had the most impact, I think, on this team's success of any skater. Um, and it was a little bit of a different Josh Morrissey after the game. Um, you know, obviously, first things first, this is about winning. They got the two points. But it was a different win. Um, the conversations around the team post-game, certainly on Kenny and Rennie and Illegal Curve, were a little different than you know, normally with a big win at this time of year, what they needed. And it got me back to thinking about what Connor Hellebuck had to say with, with Sarah. And I'm not sure anybody else on the team says what Hellebuck says. He's famously a guy that, you know, honestly, I'm not sure that he really has much of a filter. Um, but that second period was such a disaster, Marat, after they got their lead, they scored first, all these things that we'd been talking about. Um, that must have been painful for Rick Bonus to sit through for that 20 minutes. And I'll tell you what, if there was ever a time for some tough things to be said in the dressing room, that was it for the Winnipeg Jets. And to their credit, they were a much better team. And Bonus sort of focused on that, that the third period the team came out, they did control play. They had the benefit of eight minutes on the power play, which they did nothing with. But that's another story entirely. Um, but that was a confusing, confounding game despite the fact that the Jets did the ultimate goal, which was to get two points, which they desperately needed. Yeah, it's funny. Like, they, they desperately need the win. It's a must win. Uh, we, we know the playoff race is tight. Calgary and Nashville sort of not right there, but pretty darn close to right there. Um, and then they go out and win it. It's just like, it's like when you're... I don't know, your partner finally does the dishes for the first time and they break three of them and you're like, well, thanks for doing it, but not like, <laughs> no, like, um, they won and they just did it so ugly in the second period that I think for a lot of folks, it added more questions than, than created any answers. And I get, you know, a point Morrissey made was everybody expects that they're just going to walk over the Arizona Coyotes because of the, where they are, um, and, you know, that's not necessarily a fair expectation, especially given how many wins the Arizona Coyotes have had in the last couple of months. They've played well. They really have. Um, but when you look at the process, and, you know, I'm a big process guy. I can say they played great against Nashville. I love the tenacity. I love the way that they kept playing the right way, even when they got burnt early. I mean, it disappeared in St. Louis. That resilience disappeared. And then to go out against Arizona get a couple early goals and play so poorly process-wise, you're, you know, a Connor Hellebuck paddle save away from giving up what's probably the biggest game of the season. It just, not everything is okay in Jets land right now, and they may figure it out. I'm not saying that it's all over and that it's all 
over. Yeah, it's just repeat yourself, Marat. Um, but it's things are a little bit trepidatious for sure. Well, uh, there's no doubt about that, and um, and that's what makes this upcoming road trip in this game tonight, I think, so fascinating on a number of levels. Um, you know, one of the things that was brought up by somebody in the chat yesterday, and it really sort of stuck with me, and we talked about it, but I, I'm interested in your thoughts. Hellebuck was the star of the game, obviously. You knew when the Jets won, he'd be putting one of those jackets on. The other jacket went to Morgan Barron. And Morgan Barron had that beautiful setup shorthanded on Adam Lowry's goal, got into his first fight. Morgan Barron played five minutes in that hockey game. Um, I think there's something to be said about maybe Morgan Barron deserves a little bit more of a run right now, the fact that he's sort of been the guy that slid down to the fourth line. But there's also something to be said, Murat, about a player that is only on the ice for five minutes that's single loaded his teammate by his teammates as the most impactful player in a game that you had to have. I mean, that is, in fact, stunning. So whoever made that observation, yeah, good on you. That is a real read. It is a substantial read. And you could take it so many different ways. What you just said, Hus, like, okay, this guy with five minutes was so disproportionately important. Well, that says some pretty tough things about the guys that you expect to be difference makers. Like going through, you know, Kyle Connor, no points in his last five games. Mark Shifley, one assist. Blake Wheeler hasn't scored. I think it's an 18 now. Uh, Nick Ehlers has scored a couple of times recently. Pierre-Luc Dubois back from injury and not particularly impactful. You go on and on and on. And Morgan Barron is the guy that makes the play, but specifically gets the love for it. If you want to take the dark side approach of that too, I mean, I know he had the fight, and so he's sitting off coincidentally waiting for a whistle and all that sort of stuff. That's going to take some of his minutes away. But they got that whistle, and he stayed off the ice for the rest of that second period I think it was it was a while until the third when he got his next shift on the ice so I don't know if there was maybe some attention he needed to receive or anything to that effect or some sort of fallout from the fight I have no idea if not though imagine him being the guy that gets sat at a time like that um you know given the the games he's played he's driving the puck to the net he's playing a really solid brand of hockey Morgan Barron right now to be sure um so for him to be that guy, you'd sort of question coaching on that. And for him to be the guy singled out by his team in all of that context, I mean, the most, con- not conspiracy, but the most, uh, you know, hob of you train tracks of thought sort of read you could make is that's a message sent by whoever gave him that jacket. And I haven't seen that video, so I don't know who made that decision, but that could be sending a message to the other guys as well, saying play like Morgan Barron did everyone else, because that's what we need to survive right now. You know, one of the things that you uh, uh, mentioned in the piece that, I mean, certainly it's been impossible not to mention is that, you know, there are shades of previous underperforming Jets teams that are coming to light right now. The old habits die hard theory. Um, how, how much of a factor is that right now, do you think, that, you know, when things haven't gone well, we're seeing a team that, you know, unfortunately, is going back into what I think can only be described as some of their collective DNA and getting away from everything that got them here in the first place, well, up until about the middle of January, until before this slide started. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest problem with the Jets is that they figured out how to play the right way, and they don't continue to do it. And I know that there are other good teams in the NHL, and that, you know, an average or mediocre team will see some ups, see some downs, all that sort of stuff. But there are times when the process looks to completely disappear and players begin to cheat the game again. You see them flying into the neutral zone before the puck is safe, all that sort of stuff. And for me, 
that's not about not necessarily being a very good team. I think it's about making bad decisions. And I guess this is just a theory I hold about life, us. Like, I think that most of us, when we're learning new good habits or we have good habits and all that sort of stuff, that's one version of ourselves as people. When the shit hits the fan, when things get hard, when things get truly stressed and you're in a state of anxiety, I think a lot of us revert to our most basic instinct levels. And I sometimes that's the lens through which I look at the Winnipeg Jets sometimes when, you know, they give up a bad early goal or something like that against St. Louis, let's say, and all of a sudden the cheat comes out into the game again. It's like they know that that's not how things get done. Rationally, they could tell you that. Like, there, I don't think there's any bullishness going on. They, they know what works and they tell us that all of the time. But I really think that some of that becomes the instinct when it's done for a lot of years. And when shit hits the bad, I think people go back to instincts. And uh, that's my concern for these guys. If that's true, and I'm not saying it absolutely is, then that says something about the, the core group of players, the guys who've been around for several years and some changes that need to be made. Well, and, and this kind of brings us back to Bones before we get to that. Um, you know, and we've talked about this over the last month or so. I mean, if things as things have been spiraling downwards with this hockey club, Rick Bonus has really taken a different tact with his club. There hasn't been as much calling out, if you will, of the club. I think he's been a little less frank and honest, to be honest, over the last two months because... I think he's realizing that, you know, he he's playing a role of psychologist as much as an X's and O's guys and a, and a hockey coach. And we're now down to the final 10 games of the season. And after the way his team played in that second period with the 2 nothing lead and just how disappointing it was and having a night to sleep over on that, knowing they're going on a road trip that could make or break their season in a lot of ways, I kind of took yesterday as Rick Bonus reverting to the guy that was pretty straightforward, that was honest. And listen, he didn't call out anyone by name, but it's impossible not to listen to what he had to say yesterday and his reaction to the line of questioning from Scott uh, from Scott Billick and Sean Reynolds and saying that's what we're dealing with here as a final ultimate challenge to the players and the top players on his team that he needs to be difference makers going into this game tonight and the final eight games of the season. That's certainly the way I see it. What about you? I mean, quite similarly, I, I would say it's a well you only get to go to a handful of times, I think. I think that, you know, most teams, and particularly the Jets, if you go out there and you, you know, rail against them for their process or something like that every night in the post game, you're going to lose those guys for sure. And I think that's only reasonable. I mean, if you spend every day telling me about what shite job I'm doing, it's going to affect that's real. Um, so I think that you're right. I think Bonus conscientiously stepped away from that type of criticism, probably since I think it was that Colorado loss on the Friday night there when they just got tuned. And he really called out a lot of people. He changed tone in the following week. Well, it's been a while since that moment, which maybe buys him the, the reprieve to go back to that kind of well. The other thing is this. With 10 games left at this stage, Winnipeg's still in a playoff spot, still has four, a four-point lead on Calgary heading into tonight anyway, um, then this is a stretch from which Winnipeg can actually do something about its future. I said you can only go to that well a certain amount of times. Well, if it is, in fact, a motivational tactic, you know, you can't say these things. If you believe they're going to help your team play better, you can't say them with two games left. This is a large enough window. It's an important enough trip where, okay, 
if they need to hear that publicly, if this is, you know, if this is bonus playing 40 chess and this is this master manipulator motivator situation, then that also goes into why it would happen now and before, you know, the end of season autopsy, so to speak. Um, and that's a credit in part to what the Jets did in the first half of the season, such that they could play like they have of late and give up so many points of late and still have that just more of fresh air above Calgary. Yeah, I mean, I really believe that Rick, over the course of the past six weeks or so, has been, you know, at times staying away from some of the hard truths to try to, you know, knowing how much time there is, how many times he's going to be in front of a microphone. I mean, to your point, you can't, you know, go back to that over and over again. Um, and it's also basically, I think he knows more about the personalities in his room and what people will respond to when, when really challenged. The fact of the matter is, though, as you mentioned, there's 10 games left in this season. I mean, you don't have any more time. I mean, you have to, um, in some ways, I think, go back to, go back to, excuse me, the, the, the level of public accountability that everyone talked about for the first half of the season that was such a big difference. There was the pledge, all of those things. Right now, with this season on the line, it's time for everyone to go bring the best that they possibly can for this hockey club and come together. And sometimes those hard truths, the way we heard yesterday, and again, not singling anyone out by the head coach, but I think we all kind of know where this starts with, um, will be incredible to see how things work out short term and over the course of this last 10 games, which brings us to this road trip that begins tonight in Anaheim, Marat. And, um, I mean, I really look at this next four-game segment for the Winnipeg Jets as the crucial part of the final 10 games because they have the opportunity, depending on what happens with Calgary, maybe to pad that lead a little bit. Nashville certainly does have some extra games to play. They've got some really, really tough games. To me, the Calgary Flames are the biggest threat to the Winnipeg Jets. That's just me. But Calgary finishes up with a game here in Winnipeg and six games against teams that are making tee times right now. If it comes down to that, when the Jets are playing the Avalanche and the Wild and the Devils, I'm not sure that that math works out for Winnipeg unless they essentially have to beat Calgary in that head-to-head game. So to me, and Rick Bonus has said the playoffs have started now a little while ago, and I think he's coaching that way. We've certainly seen how important it was to get Hellebuck that start. Um, But from your perspective, the importance of these next three games in California and what we'll learn about this Winnipeg Jets team over the course of it. Well, I think we already know that there's some fragility to the team and, and that there is you know some questions of resilience and um, that some big changes changes may be needed in the offseason, whether they make the playoffs or not. I think that some of the most important truths are null. But when it comes specifically to this season, I mean, the Jets did get, I think it's eight of 10 available points against these teams earlier in the season when they're playing a little bit better. And if you can't get points against the Ducks and Sharks particularly, um, I don't know that you can generate the belief necessary to go into those tough games towards the end of the season, continuing to play the right way. Like, I think, you know, in addition to everybody, um, you know, star players and role players alike, playing the 200-foot game, making the sacrifices, all those things you hear bonus talk about or... Um, the players talk about as well. In addition to that, if they do everything right, I think the Jets have reached a point of, I want to say fragility, where they need to play the right way and then 
have something bad happen and then survive it and then keep winning. I don't think it's enough for them to pop off two goals early against Arizona and then get beat in the rest of the game and then come out of that game with the belief that they're ready to go down the stretch. I think they need to show themselves that they can pick up points while going through some shit and playing the right way throughout that like they did against Nashville. I was just about to say, to me, that reminds me of the Nashville game, which made the St. Louis game that much more disappointing for the way the team came back the next night in another huge game. Yeah, they exactly. To, for that to become a habit to me, for that way of staying resilient to become a habit, it needs to keep happening and the belief keep, needs to be there. I think some positive reinforcement is going to go a long way for this particular group as opposed to struggling through that game and looking kind of bad halfway through the, the Coyotes game as well. So all to say, they need the points. They need the points or they may not survive until playoff time. That is a fact of this road trip that's happening right now. And the other thing is, I think for their sake, for any belief to go into those final games against New Jersey, Colorado, the teams you mentioned, and then the playoffs afterward, they need something that they can point to that says, we did the right thing three games in a row, and we got eight. And I think that's the stakes right now. Now, um, you know, we've been talking about Rick Mullins and what he had to say yesterday, and it was even more interesting to hear his comments because... Uh, I had said off-air to friends and to Remus before the program, and at the beginning of yesterday's show, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in that coach's office in between periods and then after the game, after they dodged the bullet and got two points and, you know, and wonder what they were saying and how they were handling that. Let's go one step further because this is the third piece of your thoughts in The Athletic today. What? How must this be resonating in general manager Kevin Sheveldayoff's booth in the management box of the Winnipeg Jets. Big picture about where this team goes forward, regardless of what happens in this final 10 games and if the team can qualify for the Stanley Cup playoffs. I think that there is a lens through which Kevin Sheveldayoff and Mark Chipman, whose voice will be heard as well, made a reasonable decision. I don't necessarily agree with it. I didn't write to this effect in the summer. But last year, when they brought back the same core that struggled to the effect that it did, missed the playoffs outright, and then, of course, all of that tumultuous postseason press conference stuff. When they made that decision to bring them back with a new coach and say, hey, we're going to vibes our way through this, there it was defensible because the clock hadn't quite struck midnight yet on this core. But with 2024 making unrestricted free agency, at least scheduled for now, for Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, Connor Hallibuck, um, defense, a couple of defensemen as well, Dylan DeMello, um, Pierre-Luc Dubois, a restricted free agent now with unrestricted free agency as an option for him in 2024 too. The clock strikes midnight this season one way or another. There has to be a transition between this group and the next. You could say run it back extend Wheeler, he's in the back nine of his career, I'm not sure what the plans are there, extend Shifley, extend Halibut, extend everybody, if they're willing, after what we've seen so far. But we've seen them go through some of these same problems multiple seasons now, and maybe they need separation from each other. Maybe there there needs to be some breathing room in the, in the core of, of this particular team. Um, they certainly haven't had the success in, in recent seasons and I think that we've reached a point with the Winnipeg Jets, whether they catch lightning in a bottle or no, that this summer has to be where the drastic moves get made 
to look forward into the next generation of Jets success, which I think Winnipeg's still trying to sell us on. I don't think Mark Chipman or Kevin Shevelday-Off are going to walk into the room and say, hey, this is full-blown rebuilt. They might talk about being competitive. They don't like saying they're optimizing for making it to the playoffs and then hoping, you know, they talk about winning a Stanley Cup. I don't think they're going to change their tack that way, but they have to protect the, now it's going to become what, the Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ehlers, Josh Morrissey window. And that group of players would need so much help from elsewhere. You know, the Cole Perfettis, the, all the draft picks, all of the development, all of that sort of stuff. And you're probably going to want to welcome them into a situation that isn't stuck in the memory of failures as substantial as Winnipeg has experienced of late. Um, and I think that just means that, you know, I guess I'll put it this way. There's almost no amount of playoff series wins this year if they catch lightning in a bottle that can convince me that, say, Connor Hellebuck is here forever because it represents the best city for him to possibly win in. Um, same thing with, you know, the Shifley Wheeler window. I don't think they could win a whole bunch and, and make me think that they're the voice that the next generation needs at this point. Maybe that's some pretty big statements to make given how they still have 10 games left to play. But I think we've seen enough, and it's time for some change in Winnipeg. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, I am still of the opinion that the Winnipeg Jets as an organization have to put their best foot forward, offer Connor Hellebuck the contract that he absolutely has earned as one of the top goaltenders in the league and see if they can get that done. Now, listen, if the team, you know, maybe you're talking to him and the agent that, hey, if in two or three or years we're not in a spot where you believe, you know, we can work on, you know, getting you somewhere else. But, and this goes back to a conversation I had with Hammer a couple of weeks ago, which was a really fun debate. Um, you know, we can all say that, hey, that these guys just want to win. It's very difficult to walk away from an eight-figure contract that sets you up for life for the rest of the way. And again, agents are involved as well. And I always say, you know what the agent will say to that? Here's a pen. So I, I do think that if they go and pay him what he's worth, I think they have the opportunity to get his name on a contract and have their most valuable player there. As far as everything else, though, I think it is all on the table and not just on the table, but I think it, it things have to get done. Um, Shifley's at the top of that list. And unfortunately, Pierre-Luc Dubois, yeah, losing potentially your top two centers is a massive, massive change. Um, but it was going to happen at some point. And because of what's happened this year, and I think the uh, obvious, not a lot of um, sand left in this egg timer on this group, I think it pushes them forward to do that. Hellebuck's going to be the first priority for the club, but everything else is going to follow after that. And I really do think that we could be seeing a very different, a very different hockey club next year, at least amongst the biggest pieces in that forward group, um, excuse me, forward group going up, uh, up into next season. All that being said though, Murat, the one other thing that I think is resonating inside that management group right now, and it certainly is amongst my head, and I think a lot of fans, even ones that were really gung all on being super aggressive at the deadline, is thank God they didn't trade their first-round pick and a whole bunch of the prospects trying to really invest in this season right now because I think they're sort of realizing what they have right now. Yeah, you'd love to get some whiteouts. You'd love to fill that building for some playoff games and you know get that playoff vibe around the town, but... Um, if we didn't know this before, and a lot of people have been saying this for a couple of years, um, 
the changes in the offing coming into the offseason, I think regardless of what happens in this final 10 games and once we drop the puck, whether the Jets are in the playoffs or not. Yeah, and you know what? Credit to Kevin Shemwell-Dale for getting a player like Nino Niederreiter for a second-round pick and having two seasons of him left. Nemesnikov's also made a substantial sure. impact since he got here. And when you know when you say that, you know, thank God they didn't trade the first and all that. And then I think about those two players and the prices Kevin Shevoldayoff paid for them. It does paint in you know a this is fantasy hockey sort of lens that if these changes do need to happen, which I think we think they do, and the time's running out, so that makes it this summer. Some of that is in fact an opportunity, right? I mean when. Um, when Evander Kane went out, players came back that helped for a number of years. You know, Jacob Trubiel did Neil Pionk, which looked really good for two years and hasn't recently, that's for sure. Um, the trades that they've made with Patrick Liney bringing back Pierre-Luc Dubois in the first place um, has been able to extend the window of contention from time to time, has been able to bring back quality. And you know Winnipeg needs to do that in the trade market. Because you're not selling Winnipeg as a city to a lot of people, maybe to some, but not to a lot. Um, and you're also not selling the organization as one that has done nothing but win of late. It's not 2018 where you can point to it as a, a group that's on the way up and everybody's getting all of the moves right because look at how well they're doing. I think that you know players question the organization's ability to win right now too, which makes those trades so important. And if you're a Jets fan... I mean, take some hope from the fact that Shovel Dayoff, when making some of these trades of late, has done well with them in terms of prices paid and players returned. Now, of course, Murat, this brings us to tonight, this game in Anaheim. And this might be the toughest question I'll hit you with all day long, but um, I'm sure what Rick Bonus said yesterday has resonated, been heard within the club. Uh, what do you expect to see from the Winnipeg Jets tonight when they go at it against the Anaheim Ducks? I expect an ugly win. I expect an ugly win. I think that the Anaheim Ducks have sufficiently gutted themselves, trading a lot of players away. They never particularly achieved uh, an elite run of play um, all season long, and I think that that's okay for where they are in their window. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and with the stakes that Winnipeg faces, knowing that LA's coming right up, and that's been a tough out to be sure, and all the other teams you mentioned after the road trip, this is must-win in the same way Arizona was must-win. And I don't think that the Jets have established that they play their best version of hockey every single night. So I can't promise that they're going to, you know, walk the Ducks right out of the building. And, you know, Josh Morrissey would tell us that's unrealistic uh, in the NHL. That's not necessarily, you know, a fair thing to, to wish upon it or to, to predict every single night against a team that looks like it's supposed to be worse. But I do think the Jets win because I can't imagine the universe that they don't and the fallout that comes from that. Um, I think they're better than that. I think deep down they know they're better than that. And, what they need to do, I think they'll find a way, even if it looks pretty bad at times. Hey, uh, the Jets finished up with uh, Dubois, Connor, and Niederreiter, uh, and I believe the Schwielers line with Wheeler, Shifley, and Ehlers up front. If that is the case, who's the number one line? Um. Wow, a great question. I, I, I'm not sure what to tell you. Ehlers is the only one scoring right now out of that group, and so that might make him the number one line if those are the lines that they run with. He's done a couple of things where in practice he's looked at one group and then that's not what we see. Um, but that line has been really effective in the past. You go back to 2019 when the Jets sort of flagged and then the Blues beat them. The ehlers shikley wheeler line was excellent. It was absolutely excellent. Um, if Connor Dubois are two thirds of a of any line, you usually expect them to be able to have success. 
Um, hasn't been the case of late necessarily, but you you bank on that. Those are the you know the the guys that brought you to this in in a certain way. Nino Niederreiter as well, quality. For me, it's who shows up. I think history will be made in terms of Winnipeg's number one line. It's playoff success by who shows up, and one of those lines had better play in the way that you know Rick Bonus and the Winnipeg Jets need them to. If they do, they'll get the minutes. They'll get the win. I'd like to think it's still that um, performance tied. And then finally, a shout out to the people who are in my ass asking about Connor Dubois and Ehlers, a line that has had success in the 99 minutes they played in January. Um, I see you. Uh, sorry, Huss, this is a personal thing now. But I see you. I see the quality. We'll, we'll figure out if, uh, if Rick Bonus will go back to that at any point. I don't think that's what we're about to see. Well, I, I think it starts first off with Connor playing with Dubois, and we saw that change made after the second period. And I don't know about you, but I certainly expect that to continue going forward. I mean, it couldn't have gotten any uglier with Shifley and Connor playing together, and we know what that does to the rest of the squad. And as long as Pierre Luc Dubois can be close to the Dubois, who knows what he's dealing with right now? Um, but honestly, I think it's good for Connor to get away from Shifley and maybe get a different look. And let's not forget, I mean, Kyle Connor's biggest success over the past two years especially last season has been playing with Pierre-Luc Dubois a hundred percent it's it should be you know one of those Winnipeg Jets rules of roster construction that's written in stone because the two of them have played off of each other so well one open they both open up space for each other in completely different ways and they were able to make things work whether it was Svechnikov or Harkins or whomever on their wing and now to have the potential of a Nino Niederreiter or you know, healers in that one example, but like a Niederreiter type, you imagine, imagine them not having success at the most important time of year. You could at least, even if you, if you put that line out and they don't give you the results, you can at least say honestly to yourself that, hey, they should have. That's a level of quality that has shown up before. You can point to, I think it was November, Connor scored something like nine goals in 11 games or whatever that run was on. He can still play hockey at an incredible level, even though he's fallen way off. And I think part of what's falling way off is that Connor Shifley combo that sometimes is just not playing defense together. It doesn't end up with the puck often enough to do good things with it. Uh, Marat, great catching up. Enjoy California. We'll look forward to your uh, reports from the road. And obviously with the late game, we'll pay attention to uh, your Twitter feed and the Athletic a little later on for any any updates on the Winnipeg Jets as we get closer to uh, the late puck drop tonight. Travel safely, my man. We'll see you back in the peg. And thanks for doing this as always. Thank you, guys. All right, great stuff from Marat. He, of course, is on the road with the Winnipeg Jets. Make sure to check out The Athletic and his Twitter feed for the latest from the road. I know Mike McIntyre is there as well covering the uh, covering the Winnipeg Jets. All right, uh, we're going to get to the Moose. Tough one last night in an extra frame. Uh, but the team, uh, you know, while we're talking about the Jets just trying to secure a playoff spot, Moose looking pretty good heading into uh, this big homestand. And, of course, the upcoming Calder Cup playoffs. Just before we do that, I have to give a big thanks to our friends at Princess Auto for their great support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Princess Auto is where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your lists or start something new is at Princess Auto. Pop by and see them at one of two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road, Portage Avenue West, and you can always shop online 24-7, 365 over at princessauto.com. Um, a huge thanks to the great support we've received from Culligan Water over the last couple of years. Celebrating 
over 65 years in business here in Winnipeg and Manitoba as the go-to people for all things related to water. And we know everyone needs that. Uh, they've got softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, and drinking water systems, not to mention citywide water delivery services and commercial and industrial water products and solutions. You can see them in person at 1200 Sergeant Avenue. Give them a holler at 204-694-5180. And you can check out everything Culligan can do for you and your family online at drinkculligan.com. And just before we bring in the Fink, a big shout out to our friends at Canadian Club. Proud sponsors of Winnipeg Sports Talk and the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We had a lot of fun enjoying those CC and ginger ales at the stadium. And good news for you uh, fans of the beverage because it's now available in 473 milliliter cans at both the Manitoba Liquor Marts and at beer vendors. Check it out and look for it at your local spot. And if you don't have it, ask for it. Um, and I should mention to you folks, flash sale on CC 12-year Reserve coming up this weekend from the 24th to the 26th at your local Manitoba Liquor Mart's Canadian Club 12 years going to be on sale regularly priced at 32 a bottle now for only 24 again three days only flash sale on the 12 year coming up this weekend from Friday to Sunday at your local Manitoba Liquor Mart's big shout out to James and the gang at CC by the way over 400 people live on the show right now if you're new welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk we're here every day from 1 p.m to around 3 central hit that red subscribe button make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel certainly helps us grow and if you're not able to catch the show live Pop on and the latest, freshest WST content will be there waiting for you. And of course, hit that thumbs up as well while we bring in the voice of the Manitoba Moose, Daniel Fink. Fink, what's going on? Great to have you and the team back in the peg. How are you? It's uh, it's real good to be home after a couple of weeks on the road, but uh, now all that's staring the moose in the face is a big, long homestand and one quick road trip, and all of a sudden, just like that, the regular season is in the books, so it's uh, it's getting to be that time of year, Us, Fill us in on, uh, on the roadie uh, overall. Yeah, overall, uh, solid trip, successful uh, by the, the barest sense, I guess. Uh, Moose probably would have liked to pick up a few more points along the way. Had a bit of a hiccup in the middle with two regulation losses to the Iowa Wild. Other than that, though, they opened the trip with three out of four points against the Abbotsford Canucks. They closed it with five out of six points in Illinois, so... The beginning and end pretty solid. It was just that little blip in the middle. But uh, because of what they were able to do on that trip, they were able to maintain pace with those top teams in the Central Division. Now just a, a few points back of both Texas and Milwaukee. And uh, we'll see if they're able to close on them anymore. And meanwhile, they've got a couple teams kind of lurking in their rear view. But the Moose kind of sitting solid in that third spot right now. Yeah, unfortunately, one significant, very significant injury over the course of that road trip, and that was, I believe, a high ankle sprain for Declan Chisholm. Um, what went down? How is he looking? And um, how long do they expect him to be out, knowing how important he is to that Moose Blue line looking ahead to the playoffs? 
Yeah, Declan Chisholm having an elite season in the American Hockey League this campaign. He's in the top five among defensemen in scoring this season. Uh, second on the Moose, still in points, and obviously a huge part of this Moose team. So to lose him for any length of time is is pretty tough for the Moose. He played 59 games during the season, been pretty healthy throughout. And a Moose team that overall has been pretty, pretty healthy throughout the campaign. So uh, eventually those injuries are going to catch up to you. And unfortunately for the Moose, it's one of their top players. And uh, for Chisholm, just seemed like he caught a rut in the ice going in on a scoring chance and then ended up spilling into the boards awkwardly and uh, was in a, a lot of discomfort coming off the ice. So uh, you hope that it won't be too long, uh, but uh, uh, high ankle sprains, who knows? It can be it can be a month, it can be two months, who knows? Uh, so we'll leave that to the people who, <laughs> who, who went to school for this sort of thing to, to figure out how long he's going to be uh, out. But uh, hopefully for the Moose and for Chisholm, uh, it's uh, sooner rather than later he's able to get back in the lineup and continue the season that he's been having. Wow, he's such an important player. I mean, you'd really hate to miss him for uh, playoff hockey coming up at Canada Life Centre in a few weeks. Um, that does leave a big hole in the blue line. I imagine... Um, even more responsibility on the shoulders of Leon Gavanka and Vili Hainala with such an important offensive cog of the team uh, gone from the blue line. Yeah, and Gavanka's been playing real well of late. I mean, uh, when you look at what the numbers he's been putting up, he's kind of been closing the gap a little bit on Chisholm for that team lead among defensive scoring. Now one point back of his career high, up to 35 points in the season, the 14 goals already very impressive. Hasn't scored in a little while, though. We were wondering if maybe he might be able to chase down uh, Brett Howard's franchise record for goals that's going to be tough unless he picks up a few tallies in quick succession here the last 11 games uh but uh, points in four straight games he's got six points over that span so he's been uh, racking up the assists along the way played a little bit on the left side uh, last night didn't really like how that went so he shifted back over to the right uh Vili Hainala meanwhile picked up a couple of points and the Moose will certainly be looking on him to uh to help fill in you're not going to replace Declan Chisholm um but uh, you can certainly try to make it up with the, the sum of the parts but now handle into that 30 point range as well so the moves with three defensemen up over 30 points and uh, a strong finish for Hanela and Gavanka to see them with three 40 point defensemen, which is pretty impressive. And uh, I think they'll be they'll be looking for uh, guys like Dean Stewart, Tyrell Bauer, Jimmy Olaney, who's been getting into more and more games as the season has gone on and getting healthy. So uh, they certainly have some depth there on the back end that they can utilize. And it'll be up to those guys to kind of fill in the way that they can and what makes them effective uh, in place of Chisholm being in the lineup. I know, Dan, everyone going to want to know a little bit more on Halen uh, uh, on Vili and how he's um you know kind of settled in with the moose now that he's been there for a while I mean certainly the numbers look good he's got 31 points in 38 games and maybe the number that stands out the most is a team best plus 23 plus minus rating um what have you seen from the young Finn yeah, he's coming off of a bit of a down part of his season where he picked up just one point, and I believe it was seven games, and uh, wasn't having that kind of eye-popping plus-minus rating that uh, that we've seen. And don't, I know the chat's probably lighting up already. Finker, stop talking about plus-minus. It's what hey, I have. I brought it up. I brought it Let up. Let me have this. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I have in the AHL. Um, so 
that's what we work with. Um, but uh, now over, all of a sudden, the last three games, he's got points in all three games. He's got four points in that span. He's been a plus three in those three games. So uh, for Hainala, he's start, maybe starting to get going again. And uh, this is an opportunity for him to kind of step into a bigger role again. Uh, not that he doesn't have a big role with this team anyways, but he's going to be getting those first power play minutes where he was kind of on the second unit, though. Is it really the second unit when it has Jansen Harkins and Billy Hainala on it? It's up for debate. Uh, the Moose have some weapons there on the power play. Uh, but now he's working with that uh, Tony Nato, Malat, and Limoges group up front, and of course Leon Gavanka. So a uh, big part of that power play group, and picked up a couple assists on the power play last night as well. So it's uh, it's on him to kind of be that performer at the end of the season. We saw great things from Hanel in the playoffs last season, and if he can play at that level, he's of course a huge piece for the Moose. Uh, let's talk about last night, the uh, start of this big homestand to uh, finish off the home part of the calendar, and. Um, you know, basically deja vu against the Rockford Ice Hogs. Um, although getting to overtime, considering the team's situation with a minute left, probably one point better than nothing. Um, seemed like a bit of a wild one that um, came right down to the final buzzer. But unfortunately for the Moose, ended the way it has four times this year against Rockford after 60. Yeah, this this Rockford, I'm going to talk about Rockford here for a moment. Actually, I'll loop back around. But uh, this Rockford team is kind of... Uh, a phenomenon this season. They only have 15 regulation wins. They have 30 wins on the season. They've won 15 games in overtime or the shootout. So that doesn't help you a whole ton when it comes to tiebreakers. Um, but uh, obviously getting all those points is massive because if a team like Texas Stars had a record like that in overtime, they'd be well clear uh, the leaders in this division, but they aren't. But uh, as it stands, the Ice Hogs have about the same number of regulation wins as uh, the San Diego Gulls, who are one of the last place teams in the league. They've just been so successful in overtime. And when you look at the guys that they have uh, in their lineup, it, it makes sense. But the Moose, the last couple of times they've seen them in OT have been pretty good. And actually, they've had their chances. The problem is Arvid Soderblom, who's been the goaltender in all those overtime defeats for the Moose, has 16 saves in overtime in four games against the Moose. Two of those games, he's made six saves in overtime. It's ridiculous. He stopped three break or oh, two breakaways last night and a penalty shot in overtime. The Moose just couldn't find a way to score on him. And it is, uh, you're pulling your hair out in the booth, just wondering what it takes to put a puck by the guy in the third period in overtime. The Moose outshot the Ice Hogs 19 to 11, I believe it was. And they scored once in that third period. But overall, a pretty solid game from the Moose. Uh, kind of let it get away from them through the first about 15 minutes of the second period after a pretty solid first and a really good third. Uh, but they were able to kind of make up for it by their power play really getting going in that second period the final two minutes uh, or two and a half minutes they had nine shots on goal through uh, five on four five on three back to five on four and eventually tying the game two two at that point so uh, that special teams to the moose kind of went through some struggles on the road trip seems like it's getting back up to speed here on home ice I think the team is up you know as I said comfortably in a playoff spot right now but I mean really is a three-way dogfight with the Texas Stars and the Milwaukee Admirals for first place in the central um First thing you've got to do is get in, and they're looking very good for that. How important is positioning um, when it comes to p possible matchups or home ice for the Moose, or is it more about making sure that they're playing their best hockey of the year going into the playoffs regardless of who the opponent is? That's an interesting question because I think depending on who you ask, you might get some different theories. Um, I mean, when you look at the Central Division, anybody you end up playing – 
is going to be good. The division's so tight. Um, and then there's the case of teams like the Icehawks and the Admirals, who, depending on what happens come playoff time, could be very different teams uh, once the puck drops in the postseason. You look at the Icehawks, they could be getting a most familiar Buddy Robinson back, Mike Hardman, a guy named Lucas Reichel, Anton Hudobin. Uh, the list goes on for the Icehawks, who they could get back in their lineup once the Chicago Blackhawks have done their season. That's a very different club than what the Moose are seeing right now with really three lines that could be a first line for a lot of AHL teams. And then you're looking at the Milwaukee Admirals, who for their own part could get guys like Luke Evangelista back, who is uh, really showing well with the uh, Nashville Predators right now, and a whole slew of NHL contracts as well. So those are two teams that are going to be looking very different. And do you really want to see one of those teams in the first round? Probably not. Um, But uh, as it stands, the Moose, I think, For those top three teams, you're just trying to stay away from that 4v5 matchup. You don't want to be in that three-game series to start off the playoffs. You want to be in that Central Division semifinals just to get things going. So uh, is there an ideal matchup for anybody? Probably not. The Moose have had some success against the Texas Stars. They've had some success against the Milwaukee Admirals. Uh, They've had some success against the Iowa Wild. Really, Rockford's the team that's given them trouble. And even then, five-on-five, the Moose have been pretty good, or in regulation, pretty solid against Rockford. And it's been the three-on-three and shootout where they've struggled against them. So that's an interesting factor as well. So all told... I don't know if it matters where you end up uh, in this division. Either way, you're going to be getting a tough first-round matchup. You're just trying to avoid that 4-5 or five slot, lock in your positioning, and like you said, play your best hockey heading into the postseason in the Moose. Eight points away now from clinching that playoff spot. So a few things have to break their way uh, to get it done this weekend, but it is a possibility if they win both their games that they could clinch that spot. They need a little bit of help along the way, though, to do so. I think I wanted to ask you, I mean, usually when we're talking Moose, we're focusing on a number of the prospects and the the young guys that have been there for the majority of the season. But, uh, you know, Harkins being an impact player again last night, how has he and Dominic Toninato um, fared moving from the NHL back to the American Hockey League? How have they handled it? And how important have both of those players been in the success since they've been assigned to the American League? It's really interesting. Sometimes you don't notice how important some players are to the team until they're not there. And I think guys like Dominic Toninato and Cole Meyer really fit that bill because when they haven't been in the lineup, the Moose are a much worse team. Uh, They're important players right up the middle. They're big leaders in in the lineup. And I bring Meyer into the discussion there just because they're kind of similar player to Toninato, real good two-way center, strong on the puck and can make things happen in the offensive zone. But uh, Toninato's come back with that new dad energy uh, of late. Uh, had uh, celebrated the birth of his first child recently, uh, and he's been excellent for Manitoba. Just came down off a four-game goal streak, and we we're talking about penalty shot in overtime. He could have added to that, had the, a couple of opportunities there in the extra frames. So he's a big part of this team and uh, really has been an excellent leader for the Moose the whole way along. And uh, I think... Uh, after seeing the team without him for about four games there, you really do realize how important he is to the club and really has been a key anchor in that top group all season long. And for Harkins, uh, at the AHL level, he just has so much ability and speed to stay on the puck, and he'll do a full lap of the offensive zone on his own. Uh, I think he 
he's a more effective player when he is playing that north-south game and can kind of get caught going east to west sometimes. But last night, we really saw him kind of get back to that, uh, simplifying his game. And man, when he is hard on the pucks below the goal line, when he is getting shots towards the net, he had seven last night, by the way. Uh, he is a real dangerous player with that release that he has. So uh, when you look at a guy who has 40 points in 33 games, that puts him at 1.21 points per game, I believe the number is. And he is right up there with guys like TJ Tynan, who leads the league in scoring. So, uh, oh, if he'd been with the Moose the whole season, we might be talking about him in a scoring race to try and lead the league this season uh, as it stands sitting at 40 points. But uh, that points per game is among the elite in the American Hockey League this season. And it's it's been quite impressive from Jansen Harkins. Yeah, really looking. I mean, just glad to see that he's had that sort of success going back to the American Hockey League because um, – I mean, you know, he's uh, he was such a great story. I mean, he was a guy that a couple of years ago had that monster November, earned a call up, and never looked back. And um, obviously, a different story this year with a lot of competition for those spots. But I mean, every time I watch a Moose game, I mean, he's out there making an impact. And you mentioned that points per game; it really stands out amongst the rest of the team as a guy that's been. A real, real big contributor. T. Conan Pauly will kill me if I don't ask you about Tyrell Bauer. Back in the lineup last night, you know, we've seen some highlights of some of the rough stuff and how he's able to stand up for himself and his teammates. But overall, as a defenseman, how has this season gone for him as you know, he adjusts to the pro game and shows that he belongs playing with men and pros? Nolan Baumgartner called Tyrell Bauer uh, in our pregame interview was on Sunday, I believe, one of the team's most improved players this season. That's what you want to hear about a 20-year-old defenseman who actually, happy birthday to Tyrell Bauer, turns 21 today. Um, so when you look at his season, yes, the kid can, he's a menace without the gloves on. Um, we saw what he did to uh, Tanner Kaspik, who's a, a tough Brandonite for his own part and uh, got into a tilt with Morgan Adams-Moisan, who is uh, every bit a heavyweight and a bit of an older player uh, last Wednesday against the Ice Hogs. And you know what, Bauer certainly is going to grab some headlines for that sort of thing, but you need the guy to be able to play defense uh, and do what he does as a stay-at-home defenseman. So uh, when you look at what he's been able to do, and really over the last few games, start to notice it a little more, um, starting to look a little more, well, well, a little more, a lot more comfortable and settled into this AHL game. And uh, the coaches starting to show that faith rewarded in him. We saw him in the final moments last Wednesday against Rockford with the Moose, killing a penalty in the final minute of regulation. He was out there killing that penalty. And those are the opportunities you want to see your prospects getting. He blocks two shots, get a, gets a crucial clear, gets it down the ice to kill off the remainder of regulation. He's right back out there to start off overtime in the four-on-three, blocks another shot, gets another clear to help the Moose get through that penalty kill in the game they eventually did lose in OT. So that's the sort of things you look for as the player gets into the later stages of their first AHL season. Are they relied upon to go into those sorts of situations? And the answer for Tyrell Bauer now is yes, in the Moose getting those minutes out of him, and that's very, very crucial. And uh, he can add all that other stuff the the physicality the fighting things like that and that's extra tools and layers to his game but uh, you need him to be able to play the five on five those minutes and uh, he's been starting to do that for the moose and recently getting a little bit of offense as well so that's a nice addition as well well moose fans playoff packages are available right now as the team plans for the calder cup playoffs but there still is some great hockey coming up over the course of this homestand um, tee up this upcoming game and of course the weekend and then the spring break staycation on Tuesday. 
Well, we know Winnipegers like a deal, and between this uh, Rockford and Manitoba team, there's been a lot of extra free hockey, so you're getting yeah. more than you paid for when you buy your tickets. So uh, there's a pretty good chance of that, apparently. Um, so, you know, it should be another really good matchup of these two teams like we've said, have gone to overtime four times. They've been really close games. It's key divisional points. It's essentially getting into that time of year where every game is a playoff game as these teams try to jockey for position and solidify their holds on their spots in the Calder Cup playoffs. So really looking forward to the rematch tomorrow. Should be a lot of fun at Canada Life Centre. It's a 7 o'clock puck drop. You can get your tickets at Moose Hockey dot com slash tickets Sunday's game the Laval Rocket are in town so if you're looking to see the uh, prospects of the Montreal Canadiens opportunity to get out and see them take on the Moose as they'll start off a two-game set that's uh, the Moose celebrating women in sport games so I'll have some fun stuff going on along with that game as well so and I think there's actually some deals out there as well for that game if you check out Moose social media and uh, maybe I'll just see if I can pull it up real quick as I stall for time very very briefly and get over to the Moose Twitter Yes, there it is. Uh, you can get four tickets, uh, four Moose Canada Life Tukes, and a $50 concession voucher. Uh, oh, sorry. That is a giveaway contest, and I'm completely off to lunch here, apparently. So that's what happens when I only look at Twitter briefly, Huss. But uh, if you want to win some tickets to the game, you can check out Moose Twitter, and then you're off and running. Anyways, let's uh, let's leave the uh, true selling to the uh, the ticket sales folks, I think, there. But uh, you can get your tickets for that 2 o'clock puck drop at uh, moosehockey.com slash tickets. And then, like you said, Huss, big homestand here. Moose are going to be playing pretty much every other day. So if you can't make it to either of those games, check out the schedule. Uh, there will be more opportunities to see the team and it's a big homestand for the club and uh, you know like you said coming in they are in the thick of that race for the central division title so every win's so important and we'd love to have some great crowds up to cheer the boys on yeah and of course i mean if it is spring break next week if you have the kids out of school tuesday and thursday they'll be uh playing games and it is the spring break staycation last year was those cool bucket hats this year uh remus knows very well i am a koozie guy it's the most veteran move. Always have a koozie on you throughout the summer months. Koozie Always. giveaway. Koozie giveaway next week. Some pretty good-looking moose koozies. And once again, shout-out to Jeff Malott. The guy should be an actor when he's finished his playing career uh, because nobody does better promos for moose promos than Malott. And I don't know how cold it was that day that he had to go outside, put the chair down, and grab the koozie. It didn't look very nice out. It'll be a little nicer next week, but uh, a nice giveaway. And uh, that'll be uh, for uh, the first 1,000 fans or so at the games next week, I understand. Yeah. Yeah, first 1,500 in the building for each game. So don't worry if you can't make the first one. The second one on Thursday will also have that drink koozie giveaway for the first 1,500 fans. And uh, look at that. Look at that graphic work, eh, Huss? Like, that is that looks fantastic. Uh, but Here's, here's him a <laughs> yeah. lot chilling in the shorts and the Bermuda shirt outside. You can you just tell how windy I, it is that day, too. <laughs> I can take you behind the scenes a little bit on that one, too. Um, so it had been teed up, and uh, Colin Peterson, who does is the brain behind most of these ridiculous and amazing things, said, hey, Jeff, can you bring kind of a Hawaiian shirt kind of deals? And probably Jeff was, yes, absolutely, bring my bucket hat and everything. Jeff shows up that day, walks into our, our room there at uh, Hockey for All Center, goes, Colin, I forgot the stuff. Colin spins around. He's got a shirt and a hat in his hands. He was ready to go. He, he was not letting that opportunity get past him so uh, he was able to uh, to set jeff up with a, a costume so uh but yeah it was uh it was not warm um 
I want to see, yeah, it was, it was pretty chilly out. It was windy more than anything that day, but uh, you can see how bundled up Cole Meyer was when he was leaving. So uh, well, yeah, I was saying was, uh, that Malat may have conveniently forgot because of how cold it was outside, <laughs> but uh, Hey, he's a trooper and uh, what a trooper he's been for this club as well. I believe leading the team right now with 20 goals, doing it on the ice and doing it off the ice. I mean, you deal with uh, a lot of players. I mean, certainly from our end, one of the most fun guys we've spoken with before and seems to be a huge, huge part of this moose team. And that uh, certainly has done his part lighting the lamp for the club as well. Yeah, and while Jansen Harkins racked two goals and assists, Malat was buzzing everywhere. Maybe one of the best moose on the ice last night, and uh, he, you know, he made a hard drive to the net at one point, got absolutely launched into the goal on a hit kind of off the, the backside there by Alec Regula, popped right back up, and he was very involved in that game, had some really good chances as well. So uh, you just get this feeling that the goals haven't been falling for Malat as frequently in the second half of the season, but you just you get the feeling constantly that at some point he's going to break through and he's going to score a pop of goals so uh, the moose i think would be content if that happened in the playoffs but uh, if he can get rolling to uh, get that puck fallen like he did kind of midway through the season he will certainly be a force to be reckoned with the, the final bit of the season here though dan great stuff looking forward to uh the weekend and of course playoff hockey coming up in a few weeks uh enjoy a little bit of time at home have a great call any of the games on ob uh, I believe, actually, you're reminding me that I need to record some promos here. It'll be next weekend, I believe. We have a, a game coming up, and uh, I can maybe stall for a second here to try and pull up that time. Uh, I don't think I'm going to get to it quickly enough, but next weekend we'll have an OB game. But as always, you can catch the games on moosehockey.com uh, slash listen live, uh, cjob.com slash sports right through the Winnipeg Jets app or AHL TV. Remember uh, to check the games out on there. If you're watching the home games, it's uh, a broadcast level production. And of course, uh, when the team's back on the road, all the uh, if you've signed up for it, uh, Jets and Moose uh, seat holders should have that road pass available to them as well. So uh, be sure to check out the team. But of course, we'd love to see you down at the rink to cheer the boys on in person. Dad, thanks for doing this. Good luck to the herd. We'll talk to you soon, pal. Thanks a lot, Huss. We'll see you around. All right, there is our guy, Dan Fink, with us uh, from the Manitoba Moose. Tough loss in the extra frame last night. Shootout. Um, but, man, there's uh, a lot of guys, especially, man, Harkins just continues to score. at. Uh, it's huge for him in his career. Whether, regardless of where he is next year, I think he's really gotten a lot of the confidence back that uh, maybe over the course of the last year had uh, had lost it a, a little bit playing up in the National Hockey League. I'm looking forward to some Moose playoffs. All right, gang, we're six days away from Winnipeg Sports Talk Sports Trivia Night at Little Brown Jug. We did it once at the end of the summer. It was a huge success. It was great to see so many of you out there. If you haven't already, Reserve your spot. Obviously, there is limited seating capacity for this event. So go to winnipegsportstalk.com. You'll see right up at the top of the uh, of the page, Trivia Night at Little Brown Jug. Click on that. It'll be, uh, it'll, uh, just click directly on that, not on the, uh, the contest thing that pops up, and it will take you to the uh, Eventbrite link for the event. Uh, you can reserve your tickets. And we will see you there. Should be a heck of a lot of fun. I will finish completing the uh, the long process of getting great questions ready for you. But uh, anyone that was there the first time, I think, knows how much fun we had. Hope to see you all there next Wednesday, the 29th. We'll get going at about 7 p.m. And while we're there, 
We get a chance to try out their brand new generic lager, which just launched. It's your basic lager, just better, impressively standard in the best way, light and clean to taste with a mellow flavor and a crisp finish. Now Manitoba can support local without having to move away from the domestic taste they've come to expect with a light beer. You can pick it up at the tap room or through vendors, and it'll be uh, eight packs will be available in liquor marts and will be available by the single can starting in June. Find out more, littlebrownjug.ca. Get your tickets, and we will see you for WST Sports Trivia at Little Brown Jug next Wednesday. Um, and a huge shout-out to our friends over at the Nick and Nicky DQ. We're, uh, we're not out of it yet, but we can see the finish line of this winter, and uh, no better way to get into spring than with a delicious blizzard from one of the four Nick and Nicky DQs, DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Pola Park, and DQ St. Anne's. Pop in there. Check out the amazing stack burgers they have as well. And, of course, if you need a DQ ice cream or blizzard cake for an upcoming event or party, you can hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. Send them a picture, whatever you want on a custom-made cake, and they'll get it ready for you for a quick and easy pickup at any of the four Nick and Nikki DQs. All right, let's get Remus back in here and we'll get to the cool bet lines in a minute. Unlike last night with only two games in the NHL, big win for the Penguins and uh, the Oilers having to work a little OT to come back against the Coyotes. We have a monster night of action in the NHL, Remo, and a lot of games that have major, major implications to the Western Conference playoff race for that final wild card spot. Yeah, I love how the uh, NHL. Does their schedule, right, Huss, where they have like two games on Wednesday, then they got 12 on Thursday, and oh yeah, all of them start at 6 p.m. Uh, so no no staggered start times for the NHL, but uh, we'll have to wait till 9 p.m. for the main event for us tonight, Jets at Ducks. I don't think it's a must-win, Huss, but it is a can't-lose. It's a can't-lose. Can't 100% can't-lose. Must-win, I don't, I don't think so, but can't-lose. <laughs> I love no doubt the way it's a Dennis put that. Dennis put that as a like, yeah, you absolutely cannot lose it. Um, yeah, you can't lose the duck. And there, here's hey, the we one thing. Some, we, sorry, we had some goalie news. Actually, we didn't say it. we thought it was Gibson, but it's the, the other guy, Dostal, and uh, your new favorite player, right? Oh, can you, you reach mean, over there? You mean this guy? Yeah, there it is, Lucas Dostal. I cracked a box of Upper Deck Series One yesterday. After the show, and I was talking to Remus as we were doing some show stuff afterwards, and I'm like, oh, Young Guns, who's this guy? Lucas Dostal. So listen, I don't want the value of this card going up tonight because <laughs> Lucas Dostal pulls a Joel Hoffer and has some brilliant game against the Winnipeg Jets. I don't mind giving this away because he got lit up for seven or eight. Wouldn't that be a nice story? Um but yeah, no John Gibson. That will be interesting. A young goaltender. Hey, Jets got to take advantage of this. Start off well with a great team performance. No passengers. Everybody on deck. Go, oh, get it done against one of the worst teams in the league. And maybe build a bit of momentum going into this afternoon game against the LA Kings who have been, well, I'll tell you what, the Kings are certainly due for a loss the way they've been playing as of late. 8 0 oh, 2 in their last 10 games. As far as tonight's game, though, oh, sorry, go ahead. I just thought of, remember when the Jets went into Florida and we're like, oh, no, they're going to lose and they are gonna and they won both games. What if the Jets lost to the Ducks but then beat the Kings? Would that not be the most Jets thing? That, like, would that shock you if that happened? 
Just a series of one game winning streaks and one game <laughs> losing streaks through the rest of the year. Uh, I hope we're not talking about that possibility. They need the Kings game. They can't lose. Get, it's a can't lose game. Yeah, must win. No, can't lose. Absolutely. And then <laughs> Jay Miller says, aren't can't lose must wins? No, it's totally different. <laughs> That's way, way, way different. <laughs> yeah, way, way, way two, different, Jay. Two Come points on. tonight. Um, all right, Wilder in Philly take on the Flyers. Wilder minus 147 favorites. Uh, Habs are in Boston to take on the Boston Bruins. Uh, no surprise here. Boston, a massive minus 422 favorite. Uh, Canes and Rangers go back at it tonight after a uh, game at MSG on Tuesday night that went to OT. Carolina minus 146 faves. Rangers plus 124. Blues and Red Wings in Detroit at Little Caesars. Red Wings a slight home favorite at minus 122. Leafs and Panthers. This is a real interesting game because the Panthers, you know, you know, getting those big wins last week just lost to the Philadelphia Flyers. And of course, the Leafs got pumped. What was it? 7-2 the other night by the Islanders? The Leafs, yeah, and they've been really bad since the trade deadline. Um, I don't know if they just like know that they're going to be in the playoffs facing Tampa, so they don't care, or or Kyle Dubas just made way too many trades and ruined the chemistry of the team and, I don't know, threw off all the good they, vibes that they had. They can't win without Ryan O'Reilly. That's yeah. it. You know, he came in, played one or two games, and is out. He'll be back soon, but... Uh, a far more important game for the Panthers than it is for the Maple Leafs. Panthers are a minus 125 home favorite, and the Leafs are plus 106. Lightning against the Sens. This number's come down a little bit. Lightning minus 134. The reason for that is that no Vasilevsky tonight. They're going to go with Brian Elliott against the Sens. The Sens, by the way, who had absolutely no business winning against the Penguins on Tuesday night. But Dylan Ferguson came in and made 48 saves on uh, 48 saves on 49 shots and absolutely stole that victory. I'm just clicking on over to DFO to see about these starting goaltenders tonight. Um, who are the Sens throwing out there? Oh, Mads Sodard's Mads Sogard, excuse me, is the likely starter, not confirmed. Brian Elliott, the likely starter for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, Blackhawks and Capitals, Caps minus 294 favorite. Uh, this is a big game for the West. The Kraken are in Nashville to take on the Predators. Kraken's still just slightly ahead of the Winnipeg Jets. They do have a couple extra games. They do have a pretty nice schedule, but you got to get the points. Now, I guess we'll just be hoping this isn't a three-point game tonight. Seattle minus 139 faves. Predators, a slight home dog at plus 118. Huge game in Calgary. This one will start an hour before the Jets and Ducks drop the puck. Calgary minus 133 home favorites. They beat Vegas 7-2 uh, in Las Vegas the last time they played this team just a couple weeks ago. Vegas plus 113 home dogs. Pittsburgh's in Dallas to take on the uh, Dallas Stars after their big win in Colorado. Penguins plus 131. Dallas, a minus 154 home favorite. I do like Dallas in that game. Jets, huge favorite, minus 276 on the road against the Anaheim Ducks, who are paying plus 225. And the final game is the San Jose Sharks and the Vancouver Canucks. The Canucks, minus 182. It was the Coyotes at home once again that busted Vancouver's five-game winning streak. 
But Rick Tockett has them believing and playing pretty good hockey right now, probably much to the chagrin of their fans that hope for a better draft pick. Probably wish they'd waited till the offseason to hire Rick Tockett and start seeing these results. This is classic Canucks, where they're out of the playoffs and then they start playing well. They did get Thatcher Demko back from injury, uh, and he was out for a long time, and he's been playing pretty strong. I know Canucks fans all pissed off. It's like, oh, we're winning games now. We're trying to get a good draft pick. We're out of the playoffs. But I, I guess there's positives here. The way they're playing, Elias Patterson, I mean, he's looking pretty awesome uh, with Kuzmenko and Beauvillier. Doesn't Beauvillier have as many points as... Bo Horvat since the trade. Hey, Beauvilliers, I, I really like Beauvilliers. I mean, I know that trade was more about uh, Atu Ratu, whatever the guy's name is, in the first-round pick, which they ended up trading for uh, to Detroit. Oh, for Ronick, uh, yeah. Ronick. He's back um, tonight. But um, uh, but hey, one more thing on Coolbet. By the way, if you haven't played there before, you can use the promo code WST when you make your first deposit for a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks. Uh, Remo, click on the exclusives. And I've got an exclusive tonight. Everyone knows the Jets are on my suspended list. I'm not mushing them. It seems like when I bet on them, they do not win. So I have committed to you, Jet fans. I will not make a bet on the Jets for the remainder of the regular season. I do have a three-gamer, though, tonight. Tampa to beat Ottawa, Dallas to beat Pittsburgh, and Vancouver to win. It is uh, boosted up to plus 375. But on the other side of things, uh, it is the it is the it is the hustler's nightmare. Uh, I obviously will not be betting this, but the guy's having a little bit of fun with me. Um, Nashville to win, Calgary to win, and the Ducks to win is eleven to one. So um, that is literally the worst case scenario parlay for Winnipeg Jet fans. I will not be on that, but. Kind of funny that they put that in there. The one that I am riding with, though, is Pittsburgh, or sorry, Dallas, Tampa, and Vancouver, plus 375 in the exclusives. And tomorrow, we will have a lock shop at noon. Um, we'll get to the final afternoon matches in the match play, which is going on right now, round two. Then, of course, the PJ they'll get down to the final 16 in Austin for matches on Saturday and Sunday uh, to see who wins that. But uh, very busy night tonight in the NHL, Reem, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. think I'll be able to actually, considering how late this Jet game is, and I know the Not Autocorp, Why Not Question of the Day, was very positive on these late games, uh, we will get a chance to maybe at 7 o'clock tune in and see what's happening with Seattle and Nashville then throw on Vegas and Calgary at 8, and then have a pretty good idea about what's happening around the playoff race when the Jets drop the puck at 9 p.m. Yeah, I mean, honestly, they might have read that poll wrong. I think it was like I wrote, do you love late games? And I think like 70% said no at the start oh. of the show. I so. saw it. Or I saw I saw the early the early votes yeah. yes. were in C for yes. It was and like then CTV. The squeaky wheels. I, yeah, you know what? CTV News has declared late yeah. games hugely popular amongst Winnipeg sports yeah. talk chatters. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just me. So a lot of games tonight, and yeah, we're looking forward to seeing what happens here with this Jets team, and it'll be a fun show tomorrow with Ken Weeb, who is on location there. We'll be at, uh, the what, I think, Toyota Center, where the Kings practice facility is, and watching Kings and Jets practice, and... Uh, Axa, you know, he's in the area, big, big Kings, Ducks guy. So we'll talk with him and 
Uh, Scott Billick was asking, great day of asking questions and getting good answers for him and Rennie yesterday. So that'll be even more conversation. So hopefully we don't have to have that same one because and the Jets uh, will bring it for a full 60 tonight. Yeah, exactly. Positive vibes only, folks. Ten games left. Big one tonight against the Anaheim Ducks. Um, very interesting hearing what we heard from Rick Bonus yesterday. Played it again at the start of the show if you missed it. How does this team respond? We will find out tonight at 9 o'clock p.m. We'll break it all down tomorrow with, as Michael said, Ken Weeb in L.A., Scott Billick from the Winnipeg Sun, Hacksaw is going to jump on with the latest from around the National Hockey League. And I know Hacksaw will be watching this game tonight as well. So it'll be interesting to hear his take on the Winnipeg Jets after tonight's game against the Ducks. And we'll look ahead to the team we talked quite a bit with Dennis Bernstein about earlier today. The Saturday afternoon game with the Jets taking on the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, Big thanks to everyone that joined us today. Don't forget to get those tickets for Sports Trivia Night at Little Brown Jug. Go to winnipegsportstalk.com. There's a link right at the top of the page. And uh, we'll uh, count down to that. But first things first, some big games out on the West Coast beginning tonight with Jets and Ducks at the Honda Center. For Michael Remus... I'm Andrew Patterson. Thanks to the sponsors that make this show happen. Thanks to everyone that joined us today. Hit that red subscribe button if you haven't already. Tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk and how they can subscribe to the content. And don't forget to sub at Winnipeg Sports Talk wherever you get your favorite podcasts as well. Enjoy the game tonight, gang. We'll see you tomorrow with a big Friday episode, including another marble race on WST. Have a great one. Oh, my God. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.